is the Oasis. It's a place where the limits of reality are your own imagination. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do, but they stay because of all the things they can be. I'm here talking to all of you now because our future is being threatened. Go, go, go! I just came here to escape, but I found something much bigger than myself. I found my friends. I found love. And now, people have lost their lives. No, 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 no. This is war. We're in control of the future. Find him. Welcome to the rebellion, Wade. You don't tell anyone who you are. You can't use your real name. Hold on to something. This isn't just a game. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. What's going on? The threat was in my Mario Kart. Come on! Ask yourself. Are you willing to fight? Player One for a full episode. I think it deserves that. We're talking about Steven Spielberg here, even though we didn't we didn't give the post that much love. Still, I don't think this we gave one the post is any love, dude. Any? I haven't even watched it yet. Have you? No. And someone gave me a copy of it too, and it's just sitting there. Oh, I don't know why. Shame I on you. I don't know why I haven't had the desire to watch this movie. I mean, it, it is Spielberg. So how bad can it be? Or I didn't say it's bad at all, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's got to be good. I think you're referring to it being kind of bad. You're saying, how bad can it be? I was literally doing that, but that's not exactly Cold-blooded, man. Cold-blooded. You're going to stir some pots today, huh? I am. But before the pot stirring, we're going to go through some contact info, because I know that you want to get in touch with this amazing, sultry, tone-having individual on the other side of this mic named Dan. So if you do that, he will give you a way to contact him, ladies and gentlemen, but remember, he has a ring on that finger, so you can only marry his voice. So Hudson's going to be good today. I really <laughs> I think that we're going to get some some quality Steve Hudson on this episode. I'll just Gee, I'll leave look, it at that. Listen, we, we, unbeknownst to you, we actually recorded about 30 minutes just now. And Dan wisely said, you know what? We probably shouldn't put that out. <laughs> and so it has gone into the ether. And I'm glad it's gone coming to think of it because it would have made me look like a total idiot. 
<laughs> so I'm appreciative that we deleted it and there's no getting that back. So great. Do you understand now? I'm a true friend to you. You know what I mean? Thank you. I'm not Thank just a co-host, man. I'm a friend. I mean, right when he's like, I think we should start over. I'm like, oh, that's a smart thing to do. Perfect. <laughs> oh, but ladies. <laughs> 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 oh, ladies, what you missed. <laughs> Talking about wanting to marry somebody. Let me tell you what. Boy, oh boy. I am a... Anyway. Anyway, off to... I'm going to hand it over to Dan. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name is Dan, and I'm representing this little group that we have called the Heroes of Noise. It's a podcast. You may have heard of it. If you would like to get in touch with us, please, please feel free to do so. Reach out to us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. If you like Twitter, we are there too at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at DanQPublic, and my buddy over there, Mr. Ladies Man, at SE underscore Hudson Music. We're on Instagram, Heroes of Noise Podcast. Facebook, Heroes of Noise Podcast. Are we still using Vero, Steve? I did. I put something out. Oh, did you really? Okay, so it's still there. So Vero, guess what that is? Heroes of Noise Podcast. Like I say every week, you can find all of these things at our little lovely website that we have that I think is going to be growing pretty soon because I'm getting itchy to do something crazy again. www.heroesofnoise.com. While you're there, subscribe to the show, view our other podcast, The Word, which is going to be coming back to you very, very soon. And yep. uh, what else can we do here? We got, yeah, you can subscribe to all these different outlets because I'm fancy that way. So you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, all that shit. And... You can even read a blog or two, even though there's only one up there. Maybe I'll put another one up by the time you hear this. Then again, maybe I won't. Other than that, that's really all I have to say about the contact information, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a show to do about this little, this little, this little artsy movie that came out the other day called Ready Player One. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to my man, Steve. Sir, the mic is yours. So, first, a round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into Ready Player One. So, the synopsis is such... When the creator of a virtual reality world called the Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. And that is exactly what this movie is. Number one, that is, I mean, if you want to know what this movie is about, a lot of synopses are really vague. This is exactly what this movie is. So if you don't like any of that virtual reality, Easter eggs, the hunt for stuff, you are not going to like this movie. Right off the bat, there is no other situation going on. It is, that is the story. Uh, It came from a 2011 book, and I think, I mean, Steven Spielberg was, I'm sure a lot of people tried to option it, I'm imagining, but when I heard about this movie being made, the thing that I heard was, from the people that read the book, they said it was unfilmable. You cannot film this movie. Then I heard Spielberg was making it, I was like, if anyone can, it was either him or James Cameron. Those are the only two people that I was thinking they could film this movie. The unfilmable. And so I walked into Ready Player having not read the book. Did you read the book, Dan? Actually, I started reading the book. Uh, this was like a couple of years ago, actually. And I put it down. The book has been sitting next to this microphone for months. 
and I've actually made it a point to not read the book because, you know, so often we're, we find ourselves in those situations where it's like, uh, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy it because the book, it was different than the book, the book, the book, the yes. book. We know that very well, don't we, Steve? I mean, we, we, oh, we are those people. We are those people. I am exactly. that person. You're not so much. You're good. No, with, you're no, good that's not true. I, tr- I, I, you know, I am. I, I would, um, I didn't really want to put myself in that situation this time though, because I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what it was about this movie. I was not going to have any expectations. I wasn't, I just wanted to go in completely dry. So to answer your question, I think I read about maybe, maybe a hundred pages of it, something like that. And then I just stopped. And it's been so long that I kind of already forgot like what it's going on. You know, like I kind of already forgot what the book was about for the most part. I knew the, the, the synopsis or whatever, but that was about it. So going into this man was such a pleasant experience for me. Got to see it in IMAX 3D. By the way, guys, I recommend like that should be the only viewing that you should see is IMAX 3D. I cannot tell you like the incredible amount of work that was put into this movie. I don't even know if it was like truly meant and filmed in IMAX, but it just works so fucking well. It's fantastic. I had a a blast at this movie. I watched it twice and um, I've got nothing but good things to say about it, which I'll be, you know, breaking down here shortly. Steve, what was your opinion? So when I first saw this movie, I was utterly blown away. I mean, it's a spectacle. It is an absolute spectacle. And I'm just giving my quick review right now. It was an absolute spectacle. I mean, you walk in, there's stuff going on right from the jump. They don't they don't sit there and say, okay, let's go 20 minutes of giving you the background of this kid. No, they jump into this spectacle and take you on a ride that... Um, just has you on the edge of your seat most of the most of the either on the edge of your seat or cracking up for most of the movie. So when I came out, being that I had no expectations, I thought just thought it was going to be an interesting movie. I walked out just totally blown away. Um, that's the oh, I'll begin overview before I get into super spoilers and all that stuff. So yeah, like that night and the next day, I was telling everybody, "Hey, you got to see Ready Player One. You got to see Ready Player One." I even told you, I was like, "Dude." You are going to lose your mind. And it's right. I knew. I was like, this is right up Dan's alley. Like, this is. Yeah, this is Dan's thing. I mean, it is total nostalgia porn. Get make no mistake. And people that are just like, oh, maybe it was a little bit the nostalgia porn. They got it was. I mean, they definitely hit you over the head with it a lot. But for the time that I watched it, I really did. It didn't like it didn't affect me it didn't affect it was just fine it was like hey did it work on me it worked on me totally all the nostalgia porn worked on me i thought hey look at that oh ninja turtle oh this you know there's a lot of that where i was just like oh that's really cool it was only later that um, as i thought about it that i thought oh yeah it's not i it, it's 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 later i had different opinions about it but off the jump dude dude i loved it what about you going into this as a non-book reader you know what i mean it was everything that I really wanted in a movie. I'll be honest with you. I love the old classic 80s Steven Spielberg stuff. You know what I mean? Like just E.T. And it just, to me, it ha- it was like a very modern version of the, of the stuff that we grew up with. And yeah, it probably did have a lot to do with all of the, you know, the, how did you, what did you call it again? You called it like pop, what'd you call it? Pop culture porn or what'd you call it? Like n- nostalgia porn. Nostalgia porn. Yeah. Like it definitely had that, like so much. It was ridiculous. 
but it was just it was fun you know what i mean like the whole movie was fun the characters were great i think the acting was fantastic in this they were very likable characters and i know i've already heard some people saying that it's you know it's not the book but that's okay with me and and i do plan on reading the book now and but i, I would rather do it this way cuz now i've got like this awesome visual of what he's talking about what ernest klein is talking about like, I'm pretty sure that Spielberg hit the mark on bringing a lot of this to life and actually making it, you know, something that you could compare to the book. Apparently, there's a lot of differences, but I don't care, man. I don't give a shit. I'm not attached to it yet. Nothing like that. This movie was so much fun, and I'm probably going to see it again, to be honest with you. Wow. Again, like, you're going to go a third time. I'm going to go a third time. I really do think I am. And I'm Holy probably going to go back and crap. see it in IMAX again because it was that good. Gee. You're like, I'm not kidding, man. Like it was unreal in IMAX. I mean, dude, you're you're like you're you're doing the. Mo- I mean, dude, that is so cool. To a, it's great when you find a movie that you love like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for I sure. Think that it feels good, and it's good that you found a movie you can go to three times and still be like, I can't wait to go see it again. You know what I'm saying? So tell me everything. Tell me the list of things that that really tickled your fancy in this movie give me the rundown first of all guys if you haven't guessed yet and you don't know this show i guarantee you this is just 100 going to be a spoiler rich podcast so if you have not seen this turn it off now we're going to get into detail and um yeah it's spoiler zone so you've been warned okay okay all right so not not from beginning to end but tell me the things overall that just said i think this movie is so good because this Sure. Not beginning to end, but what struck you is like, this is why I liked it so much, because what? Well, nostalgia obviously is going to be yes. the, the main component of this, yeah. but it's like a, a nostalgia bomb just blew up. You know what I mean? And it was yes. just so much fun, like entering this world that I was unfamiliar with, first of all. But then just, it was like, I felt like a little kid going, what's that? What's that? Or maybe, maybe a better way of saying is there's that, there's that. Pointing out all of those Easter eggs was so much fun. And even more so, like today in the second viewing, I got to just like go back and maybe not lock onto the story quite so much, but just sort of see the background of what was going on. And it was like a visual onslaught. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, I was overstimulated, I guess is a better way of putting it. I couldn't believe that they were able to get like that many references into this movie. And it really made me wonder, first of all, like how much did that cost? You know what I mean? Like there were so many rights that had to get signed away right there. I really liked Ty Sheridan as Parzival or Wade Watts and um, really love Olivia Cook. She's come out really strong and she's just been on my radar for like the last couple of months. Um, she was in, we talked about it a couple shows ago where it was um, Thoroughbreds, fantastic movie. And she just kills it in this. So Olivia Cook is like high on my radar right now. Of like, I don't, I don't want to call her an up and coming actress because I don't really know her whole like, I don't know everything that she's been in. You know what I mean? But since she's been on my radar, I'm just thoroughly impressed with this girl. I think she's fantastic. And I really can't wait to see more from her. But, I mean, everyone was great. Ben Mendelsohn as Sorrento was awesome. Simon Pegg as Ogden Morrow or the curator. Yeah, fuck it. The curator. I forgot. It's a spoiler-rich podcast today. Fantastic. Everything. I mean, I, I love the race. The visual impact of that race at the beginning of the movie, dude, was something like I've never seen before. Like, I can honestly say, now that I've seen it in 2D and in 3D, that that opening race, it just takes it to a whole other level, man. I, I really cannot even begin to tell you how crazy it is to be immersed in that. 
If you if you've seen 3D or excuse me, if you've seen the movie in IMAX 3D, guys, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I really think that you missed out on that, Steve. I think that that's something that you should at some point go back and check it out. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's just a little something because I'm just getting warmed up right now. Now, for me, what I liked about this movie was just the immersion. That's it. I think that's what got me was the immersion into this world. Like being able to pull someone into a virtual reality is hard. Like I said, James Cameron did it with, um, it wasn't a virtual reality, but it was more into another world. He was able to immerse you into a world that you didn't think that you would be buying, you know, and Steven Spielberg did a great job. He did a, in my opinion, mind you, he did a Cameron with this movie. That's what I took it as. He almost did a James Cameron where James Cameron can make a world that on paper you're like, I wouldn't buy this. I would not like I think that I uh, wouldn't work for me. And he's able to be like, yes, you would. Ten foot tall purple people or, you know, blue people. You will believe it. And he makes you believe it on paper. This shouldn't have worked. And Steven Spielberg was able to make it work. I kind of think that he was the only one that could have done it. I don't hold James Cameron in such high regard as you do, uh, particularly with Avatar. I just really, really? didn't. Really? Like I, I just thought that movie sucked. And no offense, oh! I'm glad that you liked it, but it just wasn't for me. I walked out of it going, eh, okay. It was visually stunning or whatever, but it just the story just was nothing to me. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, that's what it is for me with Ready Player, but not to that extent. Not the story was nothing. It was just like, it was visually amazing. But now um, having some breathing room, it's like, oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, So let's, now we can actually start from the beginning. You sit down in your chair. You're in for the ride from Jump, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting. <laughs> Remember, so I only had yeah. I only had some familiarity with the book. Yeah. I knew what was going on. Um, I had pretty much gotten to okay. To put it in perspective, guys, I, I got to the part in the book where um, he finds the first key. So that's where oh, I was, and then I just that's stopped. Pretty far. So yeah, maybe it was further than I think it was, but I just I, I kind of made it a point to sort of just block it out because again, I wanted to go in just completely blank and just see what this movie would do. You know, what was weird, Steve, is that when I saw the preview for it. I wasn't even that excited for it. It's not like Infinity Wars. It's not like I'm sitting there waiting for the 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 clock to hit 7 p.m. on Thursday. What is it? The 26th when I go see it. By the way, I got a ticket to go see it opening night, so I'm stoked about that. But that's another story. Um, so when I sat down and, and I really didn't know what to expect. I just heard a few things on Twitter or read a few things on Twitter and people were pretty excited about it. But then there was the other side of, of people that were Again, you know what this is like, dude? This is kind of like Last Jedi to me because it's so... Well, what I mean by that is it's so divisive. You know, like after reading more and kind of seeing what people are saying on IMDb about it, some people just absolutely love this movie. They're in my camp of just saying this is something like I haven't seen before. But then there's the other ones. There's the it's not the book crowd and they're just bashing the crap out of this movie. So I feel privileged that I don't have that. I don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? But... The lights go out, and then the first thing you hear is Jump by Van Halen. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's on. And it worked. Like, the whole opening sequence worked. I loved the stacks. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the book cover for Ready Player One. I have but not. I have not. They nailed the stacks, how it looks. And, you know, it's Columbus, Ohio, and I believe it's 2044, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's exactly what I pictured. You know, not only because of just the cover of how it is, but they just they played it perfectly. That whole opening thing was amazing, man. 
Yes. And I knew I was in for a ride right from there, right from jump. Right from jump. I see what you did there. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> right from jump. Nice yeah, job. I meant to do that. I meant of to do that. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> um, it, it took me a while to get in. When he strapped into the virtual, which is pretty, pretty quick, I was still like, okay, let's see. But it was as soon as he started interacting with people, I'm like, oh, I'm in. In the world, I'm in. Because immediately I realized you don't know, and we're probably going to find out, but we don't know what these people look like. We don't know who they are. It's pretty freaking awesome to be able to live in that world that no one knows who you are. You can be anything. Like you could, but I, you know, you could do what you want, say what you want, no repercussions. You can make money in this world, which you can use outside of the world. That's crazy. I loved, his, I loved his explanation of like, you know, um, you can go, they showed the Minecraft planet, you know, like you can play this game and you can go to this casino planet here. You can ski the pyramids. I forget what it was like, hot vacation planet or something like that. Yeah. Ski the pyramids and climb Mount Everest with Batman. And then it shows in the casino planet. It's like, you can go, it showed, a, what was it? Hourly rates at a hotel. You, you can go in there, he said. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just really funny, man. Yes. I guess I didn't know that I wanted the Oasis to be a thing so badly. I would love that. I think that I, I'm probably the kind of personality that I'm a very, um, it's an addictive personality that I have. And I think that I would probably spend far too much time in something like this, much like a lot of these people were. You know, it, it symbolizes, not that I feel my life's mundane by any means, but it, it symbolized to me, you know, the ability to be able to just drop your mundane life for a while and go and just be whatever you wanted to be. And sky's the limit. You know, imagination is the limit. And I didn't know I wanted this so badly. You know what I mean? It was something like in a movie like that, you know, like we see movies all the time and it's like, oh, I wish I could, whatever, Star Wars. I wish I could have a lightsaber or something like that. I love this world. I think this would be something that would be right up my alley if it truly existed. Probably do a negative aspect, you know? (laughs) I would would totally, um, I would probably wall myself off from everybody. It's sad, but I, I really think it's probably true. So I'm hoping it doesn't happen anytime soon. But for the purposes of this conversation, yeah, it's everything I wanted. I would love to go into the Oasis. Well, I, the thing is, if people went to the o- Oasis, I think this is a very, this is a very, um, from what we saw, this is a very optimistic view of the Oasis. What people, what, that we saw were doing. Sure. Most of it will be dirt. Most of it. It would be dirt. You know what I'm saying? Just like a lot of stuff on the internet, how many billions go to porn? Most of the stuff you would do in the, not you, but people would do in the Oasis would be dirt for sure. Well, I was but trying to not say it, Steve. I was trying to like just let you read into that, but a fucking course it would be. <laughs> of course. It would be totaled. And the thing is, if this is an optimistic view of it though, because he's a 15 or how old is he? 16? I think he was 18 actually. He's an 18 year old kid that the whole time, all he wanted to do was get or no race before the keys, you know, and look for these keys. That's what he did in the Oasis at 18 years old. Well, that's what everyone was obsessed with in this movie, though. I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. um, But you know that that this kid in another world, in a real world, would be probably not so obsessed with this key. But I like that they set him up in a. That's why Steven Spielberg's so good. Because I believed it. 
it didn't seem super fake. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm buying that, that he's obsessed with this. Whereas normal, rational Steve would have been like, oh, come on. Steven Spielberg took the rational, like my rational mind away. He was able to be like, you're going to believe in my world, even though it makes zero sense. There are rules in the world that just don't make any sense, really. But he's just like, so what? And I totally so what at everything. And so I was like, that's how good he is. But I, I still think, you know, like I said, I still, in my opinion, Cameron could have done it too. But I just think Spielberg knows how to make a story so well that you don't care about the holes that don't make any sense. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? So as as soon as he got in, I was in. And I loved, um, so they get in and they're doing, you know, he sets up, it, it, you know, they do the whole, let's just do the narration. This is everything you need to know and let's get into this movie. I, normally I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? I like you to show me instead of telling me. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But he told me and I was in. And after he told me, I realized how long would it have taken to actually set that up? A long time, dude. To set up all that crap instead of telling me? To set it up, it would be like, oh my gosh, can we get to this story already? And he knew that. He's like, we got to get this thing going. And they start off with this race. You know what I'm saying? How and now, mind you, it's been a week. Does he be? Does he talk to H fairly soon? Oh yeah, like as soon as he enters, as soon as he enters the oasis, he goes and he, he says, "Uh, you know, find H, locate H." And H is on some planet where he's, um, he's like racking up points. He's getting coins. You know what I mean? He goes to the most deadly planet that he can go to for this full on battle. That was so cool for the purposes of getting coins. Yeah, that was so freak. Now, and the thing is here. It, Again, Spielberg, let me set up who H is instead of me telling you who H is. You see him on that planet. You know what kind of person H is. Immediately. H was down for the hustle is what how I There think it is. You the know what I mean? end. And he and instead of now H now what he could have done is said, and this is my friend H. Check him out during the day. This is him being H again. Look at him fight. He didn't do that. He said, let me put him on this planet, him being able to have a conversation while he's killing things. That's H. That's all you need to know. And it set him up for the, or set this person up for the rest of the movie. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, Steven Spielberg, man. Who's messing with this guy? Because <laughs> he knows how to set, I'll make a scene that narrates who this person is instead of telling you. I'll make a scene for it. How long was that killing in the on that deadly planet? How long was that scene? Maybe uh, 20 seconds? Yeah, it wasn't very long at all. And in it was 20 just seconds. Setup. In 20 seconds, you know who H is. I would say it's a little bit longer than that, but I get your point of what you're saying. Yeah. I think, you know what? And on the lines of how you're saying that he explains everything, you you know who these people are right away. They did that beautifully. I love oh, the story of James Halliday. I don't know what it is about James Halliday, but I love that character. It sets it up very much in the style of Willy Wonka. They compare him to Willy Wonka. And I get that. Uh-huh. You know, maybe that's what it is about this movie that I like so much, man, is that it's just... It's that kind of a movie. It's it's a movie that I so would have just like, I got the same feeling that I think I would have got from this movie had I seen it when I was like in the seventh grade or something like that. Yeah. It's, I, there's just something about these style of movies for me that have always really, you know, been dear to my heart. It's that quest. It's a quest kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's you, you it's just like, you know, it's the, it's, it's the race to the end. 
And it's yes. like these these teams working together, much like say something like uh, even though it's not the same at all, when you get a really tight set of people like say the Goonies or something like that. That's just something that really resonates with me. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why I was just so into it. But I love the setup, you know, the way that he um, he made each and every character very endearing. Now, obviously, Ernest Klein is the one that really did this and, you know, and, and painted this picture that everyone read. And, uh, you know, they made these really lovable characters. But I loved Daito. I loved Shoto. Um, again, I loved Artemis and Age. The, the high five, if you will. They were fantastic. And um, again, getting back to like James Holiday, I just liked that whole story with him. I liked how, you know, there's this guy that he, he creates the Oasis. He has a partner and he, you know, f- we'll get into it later, but he eventually separates from the partner and he creates this beautiful world. And the whole world is like embrace this. You know what I mean? They've embraced this, this Oasis. And he's kind of like um, kind of compared to I, actually, I think there was a, an article that was pasted on one of the walls or something like that, where they were kind of comparing him to Steve Jobs. You know, they're like giving him this like um, bigger than life persona and everyone's just like diving into this and trying to to get everything they can. He, he started a movement where everyone wanted to know about him. He, he was a huge fan of pop culture. I do remember that in the book that he was a huge fan of. Pop. I mean, obviously now we know that because we've watched the movie, but in the book, they actually, you know, they emphasize that, too. You know, he was a, a product of the 80s. That was his favorite time. He everything was 80s based. And I guess that's another reason why I like it so much, too, because the 80s are so, like, dear to me. I love 80s music. I don't know, man. Even though we were going through the Cold War and everything, (laughs) the 80s were just fantastic. And I love that it trans... All these references that come back, you know, they just reminded me of being a kid again. And they just did it so perfectly. I'm probably babbling a little bit, man, but it's like, I I, I don't know. I've just got, like, so much to say about this movie. And I just love... Everything about it. It's, uh, I'm, this is going to be a love fest for me. I'm just letting you know now. I totally get. I think I'm going to unfortunately put a at the end. I'm going to put a, a, a uh, for me. I'm going to have to go into uh, the issues I have with the movie and the more issues that I'm having. The longer I think about the movie, the little the messages they're putting out. I'm like, I'm not too cool with. I'm like, it touched me because it. But when I separate myself, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That's probably not the best thing to put out there. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. And I don't think you're going to. I'm sure you're going to be like, whatever. You know, you're probably not going to agree. But it definitely it's not just I'm like, okay, cool. It's not just me. But until then, I still want to love fest with you for a while. Um, But something to look forward to, folks. Yes. Now, here's the thing, man. The race started off fine, right? Like, I was like, oh, this is fun. But let me tell you something. I'm talking about within, and it so, happened so fast because I was, remember thinking, oh, this is cool. And it must have only been 15 seconds of this is cool until I was just like, yo, this just got crazy. Next Immediately. Level. Like, it literally just hits the throttles so fast. And all these things are happening to the point I was like, how long would you have lasted in that race, Dan? I don't even think I would have made the first turn. (laughs) Would not have made the first. That's the first thing I said. I was was like, oh, I wouldn't have made that. Like, as soon as those things started popping up out of the ground, I was like, oh, I would have hit the first one. And I would have just had to wait for the next, next race. And then the next race, I'd make the first one, then hit the second one. Like, it wouldn't take however many of those things pop up. That's how many times I would have had to do the race. <laughs> because I was hit every single one. Let alone when H is 
Dude, how did you like H's truck? H's truck driving the old Bigfoot? G. I loved everything, man. G. I'll, I'll talk about more of that, but yeah, go ahead. That was so fun. And so they're doing this race, and I was like, wow. And, uh, you know, because before it starts, our titular character, he says, hey, um, I'm going to have to sit in the back. And H is like, oh, you're not going to scoop up coins, are you? That's and I didn't sad, know, man. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, what does this mean? But then when they started going um, and he hits everyone that's seen the movie knows what I'm saying. And he actually does get pick up coins for people that are dying. What do you think that's a send up of? I'm not following you. What do you mean? Like, I thought it was an I thought it was a um, homage to uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, because he's collecting coins? You know what? Yeah, when I you get hit, all the coins fly off. And I'm like, oh, is that Sonic? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's that many references. There's so many things that people, I, like, I still don't know what I saw. Yeah. So, yeah why not? I'm sure. Because that's the first game I ever saw where you, when you hit something, coins go everywhere, and then you got to pick them up. Oh, I mean, I've seen many games like that before, but I get what you're saying. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was specifically meant for Sonic, but I totally get it. Yeah, yes. And so when he picks up the coins, I was like, oh, this is fun. And he's able to gas up his car, which gives you the information that who he is does not have money. We know that now. We now know that he does not have money, even though we assume that from the stack. This really good because sometimes you'll assume something and then in the game, all of a sudden in this virtual reality, you can be rich. This shows you can't. You have to start from nothing in this virtual reality. So it already sets that up now. Okay, well, you can have nothing. That's a possibility. What and I so, really liked about that too is, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, on the same lines of what you're talking about, I liked that they set the stakes so high. I mean, these people have put everything, their actual earnings into the Oasis, you know, to 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 win, to win it all. And basically all it takes is one false move and everything goes away. So the stakes everything. were extremely high in this here. It wasn't just like losing a game. You're losing your funds. You're losing everything. Now, now some of the stuff, like there would be people in business meetings playing. And I'm like, okay, he just put that in for fun. Because you know nobody's just going to sit there and be like, let them play. Right. Who's, who, yeah, it was just, who are these bosses? Uh, <laughs> yes. Come on, dude. But again, you're just like, I, and for me, I was like, I'll let that go. But I realized that I let it go. For the spectacle of it all. But in other movies, I would have destroyed that. Well, you know what I, I liked about it, though? destroyed it. You yeah. know what I liked about that, though, is that, it, again, it was very Willy Wonka. Like, if you look back to when the quest for the golden ticket was going on in Willy Wonka, that's what everyone was doing. They were losing their shit. Professionals were losing it. You know what I mean? People were making... Scientists were now taking these important pieces of equipment that were used for something completely different just to find the algorithm to get the golden ticket. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I definitely compared it to Willy Wonka in that way again. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, wait. Which one was it? Yeah, Willy Wonka. Sorry. Willy Wonka, Charlie and the yeah. Chocolate... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was an abortion. But I'm talking about, um, you know, the original Willy I Wonka. I liked it. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that one of yeah. these days. But the thing is, yeah, for me, it was just like I let a lot of things go because yeah. – um, and then so they're they're playing and they're – you know, you see people almost jumping out of windows and stuff because they lost everything. But the part that got me that really actually made my heart go was King Kong. Amazing. It looked dude. great. Dude. Everything looked great. I mean – his movement, the fact that 
he would like Spielberg would follow the car, then zoom around the car to see behind him. And you saw because in your brain, you're thinking, oh, cool. He lost Kong. But you see Kong chasing him and keeping his eye on him. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like what would even if I was in the virtual reality world, how freaked out would you be? That's some scary crap. The whole thing's like this huge. It's like a huge threat. And what was even cooler about that is that not only. Yeah, it's a race that's going on, but everyone's going through these same things. Everyone has to get away from a Kong. Yes. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not yes. like it's not like um, Parsifal went and went off on this this you know extra path, and now Kong's just chasing after him. Everyone's doing. It's just like much like obviously like a video game. Everyone has to do the same battles. But there's just those times where it's like melee in the streets, you know, and, and uh, totally. I'm assuming so that Kong goes to the first person. He was in the lead, so it came after him, which is why it didn't go after the uh, uh, Olivia Cook because she was not in the lead. She ran into him after he did. Right. Because he was in the lead. And so Kong was like, and the thing is, in my brain, so Kong gets in front of him and blocks the way. And I was like, well, then it's impossible. It's impossible. You can't beat the, that's why I was at that point when he didn't make it. I thought if they make it so that he suddenly just hits like a super speed, I'm going to lose my mind. But boy, oh boy, they throw a curveball at you. But here's, okay, but the thing is, dude, here's another thing. So the way that he's figuring out how to beat these challenges, he's going back into this library that is um, that is curated by a certain individual who you've already said was Ogden. Right. Um, and he takes you into certain memories of, he's able to get into the head of Halliday. And so the guy is trying to, what this kid is trying to do is figure out what are the clues. And he figures out these clues, but... And one of the clues, this is the one clue I was okay with. The rest of them were ridiculous. But this was the one clue that I was just like, okay, I could have figured that. Most people could have figured this out. Totally fine. I was like, the second, the next time he was in that race, oh, man. And But before we get to that, you tell me your view on how did you like, um, what is Olivia Cook's, av- the, what, what is her name on the, in the movie? Artemis. Artemis. How did you like Artemis's Avi? I actually thought her avatar, was, her avatar was actually very dope. They actually made, in a weird way, I'm not trying to sound like a creep, but they made her kind of sexy. You know what I mean? They made her sex, this sexy character. And um, yeah, she was. there was nothing bad about her. I liked the character from the beginning. I, when okay. I read about Artemis, um, I was very much looking forward to seeing how they were going to bring her to life because she seemed very... Although, I'll tell you this, I know she's described much differently in the book. Than she is. I do know that she's described much differently in the book than she is in this period. Because you know, you've got Olivia Cook, who's this beautiful girl. Um, even if you slap a birthmark on her, she's still this beautiful girl. Artemis had to. She didn't quite have the looks that that um, this. I don't version know why was. they did that. I mean, it's Hollywood, you know. I mean, I think those I are know, just man. some of those things you just have to go with. You do. Uh, that but said, I, I think they picked a great the, character. They picked a great oh, no. actress to play her. Totally good actress, but it's like, however, a birthmark can make you not that cute. I'm like, dude, what are you? I mean, what is this supposed to mean? Anyway, oh, I see what I see what you're that? saying. Yeah, I, I hate that. I just, I was like, Spielberg is better than this. But you can't blame that on Spielberg because that's in the book. You're not. You're. Nope. You're taking. You're taking. 
like Spielberg wrote it. I mean, he he adapted it, but this was all stuff that Ernest Klein already had set in place in the book. But he could have picked anybody. Like the thing is, she you she could he could have made her deformed in some way. Something is just like, look, you're not gonna like how I look, and then she's beautiful, and they play it as if she's not, which is so garbage. I was like, dude, this is that's Spielberg. Come on, man. I didn't take it that way that they played her out to be unattractive. I took it that she was well aware of, of, um, you know, of her birthmark of her, I don't know what you want to call it, a deformity, but you know, her, her variation. She was, she was well aware of it. And even though that she'd had it her whole life, she still had a chip on her shoulder about it. You know what I mean? But I, I never took it that they ever portrayed Artemis or Samantha for that matter, her, you know, her real life character as unattractive or anything like that. Well, so that means that, that that would mean that he was saying, we're going to give her an attractive Abby and an attractive real life. So she's not, there's nothing special, really. They were trying to say she has an attractive Abby because she's not as attractive in real life. And so they put a birthmark on her to make it be like, well, maybe this will make her not that attractive. And I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that. And. If I had to like pick apart, I guess if we're going to pick apart a movie, then that would be oh, something that I can. I could not definitely yet. pick. No, no, but yeah. seriously, like yeah. that, that I can see your point on completely. It was, yeah. it was a little bit lame, but it was just something that was like forgivable to me. You know what I mean? Like for what the it. movie was, it's so petty that I didn't even really worry about it. I think it's, I think you liked it so much. I think you liked it so much. There's going to be a lot of things that you wouldn't let go in other movies, but this movie is so good to you that you're like, ah. Eh. I'll go ahead and put that on the on the side. Just like I did the same thing. I would have eaten a lot of stuff apart, but the movie made it happen where I was like, ah, that's fine. And it wasn't until I sat with it for a while. I was like, I didn't think about the bad things. I just literally didn't really think about it too much. I was like, oh, it's not really sitting with me. But again, in the time though, capturing an um uh, capturing a segment in time. At the theater, I was totally in. And like, right. Like I, I assume said, you didn't have that initial thought when you're watching the movie. Not, you're when saying, you're right? watching it, you're in. Right. I would just say it's not something that's, it's like um, any type of food you eat that you're hungry immediately afterwards. But it was amazing food. Then it's worth it. It's not like, well, am I going to be full for the next eight days? No, but it's an amazing meal. Is that okay? Well, yeah, I guess. But anyway, um, so we we go I, there you know there's a scene in H's uh the only thing I took from H's workshop was how cool it was when she took off her avi helmet. I was like oh that's really groovy. Yeah, when they take it off and then they just sort of like pixelate and disappear into the into the air like that. Yes. That, yeah, was, that was really awesome. really 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 cool. Um because I was like I think that's a Halliday had to make that a thing because otherwise they just disappear. It was cool that he made them kind of like go into the, you know, you know, whatever atmosphere. Evaporate, so, whatever you call it. Yeah. Yes. So what it gets dope is when they he sets up for the next read and he goes backwards. That scene is so cool to me because they didn't make it so that, well, let's have a bunch of things happen underneath. No, it was a free ride. Halliday made it so that you do what I say, there is no challenge on this first one. That's not a challenge. You're just chilling. Even though driving backwards is harder than that. But fine, you're in a freaking video game. 
I loved how they show the inner workings of the above race. Yeah, that was it really, shows really the cool. code underneath. You know, and all they were showing like those waiting. platforms of like the, yes. of the T-Rex coming up. Yes, and, yeah. coming up. And now here's the here's the thing, though. As far as normally when I think of the coding part, a thing doesn't exist until it's pushed into the actual physical code. But the way that I'm reading the movie, I was like, I like how they made it saying, hey, no, these things are always animated. These things are already ready to go. You can literally place them anywhere in this whole world. I was like, that's interesting. Because when it was underground, the T-Rex was like moving and roaring and he got pushed into action. I was like, well, that is interesting. And then did you notice how King Kong was trying to get at uh, Homeboy underground? Yeah, I did notice that. It looked like he was looking at him. through. Yeah, and he was trying to bang on the ground. I was like, oh, these things are sentient kind of. It seems to me like it's a program, like, like because it is a program. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they were, Kong was specific to whoever was right there. And he truly wasn't right there. I mean, it looked to me like there were other cars that were going totally. past him, too. So I don't know if he really was looking at him like that. Like, I see you, punk. You know what I mean? Or, or, I but think, but yeah, I, I do think, get it. I do see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, they didn't specify. They were just like, hey, we're following this guy. So, yeah, Kong's going to be concentrating on this guy. What he does with everybody else, we don't know and we don't really mind because our main character is this. So just know that Kong is doing this thing over here. And but remember, he chased him trying to get but he chased him as he got went went underground and got the um, key, though. So Kong was trying to get him still. What I really uh, thought was fucking amazing was the sound like in the theater. Oh, I don't know how the sound was in your surround theater. sound. It, and it was, was amazing. Yeah, it was almost too loud, to be quite honest with you. There was literally a point in the, in the theater where I had plugged my ears because it was so loud. It was very loud, but very so loud. realistic and so, I mean, like kudos to the sound crew on that because they did an amazing job on that. Again, I mean, love Fest City right now. Yeah, uh, totally, dude. Totally. Um, so, and mind you, we're not going to go through because we're not going to go through everything, but I'm just going as it's going through my head, how the sequence and if there's anything that I, you know, obviously we miss, we didn't, you know. We're not going through the movie bit by bit. Cause yeah, this isn't a breakdown years. show. We're no, just, we're, we're just, just going, kind of uh, giving our thoughts on it, I guess, right? Totally. And so here's my issue, dude. Not issue. We're not going through issues yet. The next key is so impossible. But he gets That was oh, awesome. So awesome. <laughs> it was. Look, dude. Hey, man, can I backtrack just for a quick second? Yeah. Because I do. That was. I was going towards the second key, but. I think we should say, I wanted to ask you a question about how you thought of the, the, um, you know, the two, the two groups of people that are active in this whole movie, which are the Gunters, who are the Egg Hunters, short for Egg Hunters. And then, of course, you have the Sixers, which are employees of IOI. What did you think of the two sides? I think it was fun. I liked the the fact that they just pretty much hire these or get these kids to be in there only to hunt for this thing, only to do like their only job is not for fun, but to do a certain thing. And I think it was the they showed it what the that what spill or maybe the book what the book was trying to do is I like how they're like what is the opposite of fun? The opposite of fun is exactly what the Sixers were. They were in the game not having any fun. They were the opposite. So, yeah, he's the villain. The villain is the opposite of fun. 
And uh, I think it was interesting that they took him from being the opposite of fun villain into killing people villain. I was like, well, that's interesting. I thought the opposite of fun villain was fine. Like, that's the villain. He is the opposite of what Holiday Holiday stood for when he they took him out, which is, I think, you know, it's a book thing. But I thought it was interesting how they took him out and be like, and he kills people. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean. Yeah, Sorrento I was I down to really, murder quick. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, we didn't, I didn't need that, but okay, sure. I mean, good. I mean, whatever you need to do. But I thought that he was an effective villain as the, because the villain we need today is only what he was. A marketing destroyer of all things fun. Today, that's, that is all you need to say. That's villainy enough. Yeah, the high, the guy in the high tower that's, you know, that's it. making the commands and do this yes, and do that. And, making yeah. billions off of people's this and that. And he walks in there with all this money and you see him as an avatar as what he sees him, what he wishes he could be himself. You know what I'm saying? And did you catch uh, what that was, by the way? What was it? It was Superman. Was he Clark Kent? I guess he was like a, well, no, he was like Superman because he had the curl. And I'm not sure if that's from like Injustice or or what. I mean, it seemed to me that it was a um, like a bad Superman because his eyes oh, were glowing and stuff like that. But that was Superman. They never at any point in time showed the S on his chest or the emblem on his chest. But that was Superman, man. I just didn't oh, know if you caught that or not. I didn't catch that at all. Oh, I think if he would have blazed something with his eyes, I might have caught it. I kept waiting for something like that to happen, but... So, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but if I had to put money on it, I would say that that was Superman. He had the actual curl on his forehead. I did like the, I like how he looked, how he saw himself. Um, how did you like, um, how did you like um, Homeboy's character? Um, what's his name? You talking Not about Irock? Yes. How did you like Irock's character? Visually, Irock was really cool. I, I liked that character. I liked the the purpose of that character. You know what I mean? He was the henchman in the, in the Oasis. And I really like that. I'm not a huge fan of TJ Miller. And though I thought that he had a, a decent role in this here, or like a decent script. Every time I heard I rock, I just thought of TJ Miller. That was the one thing that, so if we're getting into an issue, then that would definitely be an issue that I have with the movies that I just, when I heard TJ Miller, or excuse me, when I heard I rock talk, all I could think was TJ Miller. And it sort of took me out a little bit. Just a little bit. But I really liked the Avatar. Like the whole skull on his chest. And when he would turn, you could see see what was going on. You know, like from behind him. I liked that his body contained, how did he put it? Ten years of shit that he's collected. You know what I mean? Like his body was just like this big piggy bank. You know? It was really... Yeah, Irock was a cool character. But again, listening to TJ Miller just kind of takes me out of things. And it it doesn't even have anything to do with all the dirt that's going on with him right now. But again, it's just just one of those things with him. I'm not a huge fan of him. Totally understandable. I think, again, I think the voice was interesting. He was that, he was a dude that, I mean, I don't even think this is a movie that needed comic relief, and yet he was. I did think it was a little bit funny, though, when he was like, how you doing? You know, and he was just always talking about how his neck was hurting or. Yeah. He's like, I think I really need. I think I need some physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he was funny. I I did not like mind it. I didn't think that they should have like, you know, kept him from the story. No, But, but I noticed they didn't show him outside of that. They didn't show who he really was. Right. And it made me wonder that, too. Like, if that's because of everything that's going on oh, with T.J. Miller. Guaranteed, right dude. Because guaranteed. they showed everyone else's, like, yep. true form. They yep. never showed him. 
they were like, you know what? Let's 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 get the least TJ Miller in here as we can. And uh, they I, again, I think he was in a he was an effective henchman. But again, I, like you said, it's when you have a henchman and you're like, ooh, ooh, then you hear TJ Miller's voice. You're like, oh, that's right. It's him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's it immediately not, pulls me out. Yes, for sure. But other than I thought the visual of IROC was really cool. Hey, getting back to the keys, though. Yeah. What did you think of the whole like presentation of when an actual key was, you know, like when the quest was won and the presentation of the key? Very video game. Yeah, very grand yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Yes. Very video gamey. Loved the character of Anorak. I thought that is Anorak from something because he said it was that was his avatar. James Holiday's avatar was Anorak. You know, I, I'm not the best like video game guy, so I really can. You know, there's a lot of things that are still going over my head that I saw. Like I recognized characters, but I was like, I don't know where they're from. Yeah, I'm not a video gamer either that hard, so I don't know. Yeah, I was just wondering if maybe you knew if Anorak was something that came from a, you know something else. But I just loved the way that they they did that. Like the CG was was great. Oh, they did a great job. I really, and uh, um, I thought it was big. It was, like you said, video gamey, very big, very, oh, you got this amazing thing. And the dope thing is that everybody could just follow your lead and get it after you. So you can literally wait for everyone to get one, two, and then really push for three. Yeah, but that was because they gave up that information. You know what I mean? Like, Like Artemis at the second race when he takes off, she knew, she's like, you know something. And he didn't say anything. So she takes off with the rest of them and he stays behind and she sees that in her rearview mirror. So that's how she got it. And he even says that's so. True. Artemis saw that's me true. go backwards. But then, you know, that's when there was like the whole, hey, don't, it's like when you tell someone, hey, don't tell anybody. And then they, of course they go and they tell somebody. Of so course. all of their little social, you know, the big five, or excuse me, the high five. Yeah. Found out really quickly. But I don't think that it would, you know, it's not like they, um, they gave a walkthrough to the rest of the community once that part was done. No, they kept it, no, they no, kept no, no, it no. very, you know, discreet. No. And I, uh, okay, dude, what did you think about the shining sequence? Yeah. Let's talk about that, man. I did not see that coming at all. And they, they went full horror, dude. They full did. on horror. And they did it so well though. Like, that's what you I know. Like when the curator was like, you know, when they, um, they're trying to find out what was the what was the clue on that one. It was something like the uh, the creator that hates his own creation. And I thought yes. that was really brilliant how they did that. How they brought you know the Stephen King reference in about how he you know he did he did not like the movie The Shining, yes. but the book was amazing. You know, so that was a great clue. And I loved how the curator was like, "You really want to do this? You know, like are you sure you want to go about this? You know, foreshadowing of what they were about to get into." But when they dropped down on that platform and landed in front of that theater and it said the uh, Overlook, it was like dude, the Overlook Theater. I was dude. like, oh, no, what are we getting into here? I man? mean, yo, that junk was crazy. Did How was the crowd when that happened? Because I was like, it was weird. Like you could tell little kids didn't know what was going on, but including myself and, and Gail and, and several other people in the audience, it was like, oh, like we all knew what was going to happen. And my daughter had no idea. So she was like, she doesn't like scary movies. So she was like, I looked at her when the when that was on, you know, when the the scariest part of it was on, and like she was fully locked in. Like that was like you said, it was a horror movie. Well, yeah, like I think any everybody in the crowd was like, because um, I had like I would say about eight people in my theater, maybe six, and uh, uh, every time they came out, um, 
like when the when H came out and saw the girls, he's like, "Hey, girls!" Everybody's like, "No!" Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's what everybody. And I was like, first, and I think it was so fun because it was all of us being that was there was so few of us. We all were kind of making, you know, when one person started laughing, all of us started laughing. Like Everyone when one was person started, yes, everybody was giggling. When one person giggled, a per, another person would giggle at the other person giggling because they knew what they were giggling about. So it was like a fun thing in that room. I think it was funner than a, it was more fun than a bunch of people. You know, we were all just kind of feeding off each other. And so when we we're like, no, one person would be like, no, be like, no, right? Like, That's awesome. and, but, yeah, it was really fun. And then when they opened the elevator, we're like, oh, no. Oh, but the thing is, you knew that the stakes were nothing. So you can enjoy it. No one's getting killed. They can't die. But it was just the fun of watching this thing. They could go. The reason Spielberg could put horror into this game is because he knew there were no stakes. You die. Then you wake up in the you wake up in your house. You wake up broke, but yes, yes, yeah, you're, you're totally fine. Which is why I'm like, oh, that's why Spielberg can do this in a in a movie like this because you can make it a PG movie because that sequence in real life it might have pushed it to R. There was a couple things in this one. I mean, they even dropped. I know that you could you're allotted so many f bombs, but I know they, they actually yeah. got an f bomb in this one. You know, yep, yeah, because it could have been. You, you can allow one f and one kill. I think a visual kill. And they didn't show a visual kill. Even the mom, even the aunt didn't die visually. Right. No, and everyone else that died died in the game. And that's not a death. This so is true. Spielberg did his he knew how to get he I mean, dude, the dude knew how to get around all this stuff. But I thought, I mean, the old lady here's the thing. The old lady was creepy for me. I was like, oh yeah, but I knew what was happening. When the big old lady came though. With the axe, <laughs> dude, I was like, yo, man. that in I would have taken the helmet off. I'd have been like, and that's enough for me. Like, I wouldn't have gone into, I would have just been done with that one. I'm cool. I so and wish that, there was a werewolf in the movie, Steve. Dude, Audi 5000, homie. <laughs> Audi 5000. If they, dude, if they made an oasis that was super fun for everybody and they said, it's free. And they said, and you get the suit and you get the runaround thing and you get the treadmill, but you'll get occasional werewolves. Guess who's not getting a free one? <laughs> no, y'all could just have fun in the Oasis. I'm chilling in the real world, homie. Werewolf free. So, um, but I really liked the, all the detail that was put into the Overlook Hotel. I mean, oh my God, even go, when they went, they went to the typewriter and it's typing and it's, yeah, it's the shape of a key, which was the only variation, but it still said all work and no play, you know, make Jack a dull boy. The 3D modeling that they did of the Overlook lobby. Oh, dude, dude. The hallways, the way the blood flowed out of the elevator, the little even the ha- Even Halliday's picture with all the guests. Yeah. What yeah. a detail, right? I mean, that's, that that's really some cool. seriously... Serious attention to detail. And that's why I appreciate this movie so much. The only thing they didn't do, the only thing, was who's Johnny? Here's Johnny. I thought they were going to, though, when that axe came in. I saw the, the door. axe come in. And side note, did you know that was an improvised line? Yes, I did. I did that's know crazy. that, actually. Yeah. yeah. I would not have come up with that. But, I um, really kept waiting to see Jack come out. And, you know, obviously it didn't happen. But even when, like, you know, when he's chasing him through the maze... That Dude. was Jack. You just that never was saw Jack. Him. Yeah. yeah, but I thought it was a very. Um, I mean, look, uh, Spielberg was best friends with Kubrick, so I people are thinking it's an homage to Kubrick. 
Well, didn't he hang out with them on the set of that? He, uh, no, because I, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that uh, when he died, he's the one that said, you need to finish AI. You're the only one that can finish it. Oh, okay. So hold on. You're actually going to teach me something right now, I think. So, because I, I didn't really, I wasn't a big fan of AI. But, uh, so did, was that Kubrick's movie at first? Yes. Yes. And he passed it on to Steven Spielberg. Yes. Interesting. I did not know that. It began with him, but he knew there was only one person that could actually keep doing it, and it was it was Spielberg. And also, I forgot to tell you, um, Goonies was written by Spielberg, but not directed by Spielberg. Okay. All right. Thank you for yeah, the follow-up. Di- yeah, that. it was directed by Donner. But, I just um, remember seeing his name on the poster. Yeah, it was written by him. Yeah. But um, so when I'm sitting there looking at this thing happening— when it was going, I thought it was so incredible, but it sucks because I think it was messed up by one thing. Which is? The zombies, the floating zombies. Like, why did he put zombies into the game? Yes, yes. Like, yeah. why are they even there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they actually explained that, and I'm trying to recall what exactly they said. But I know that it had to do with... the. I, this is how I took it. Yes. Because... You you know you got to remember everyone has studied these things. They've studied the shine. Yes. They've studied everything the holiday was into. They yes. studied for the purposes of finding the Easter egg. Mm-hmm. So to me, it seemed like like a clue. Like oh, this is different than it should be, and th- which is why they ended up like Artemis ended up jumping. I think she got that too, and Artemis jumped into that little extra like bonus game, which is where. She saw those zombies that were dancing and they had his, uh, I can't, I'm really having a hard time remembering the the love interest name right now. But um, the one that um, James Holiday was in love with, that was Ogden's wife. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, sorry. But you know, I know you know what I'm talking about. I, I was just trying to mm-hmm. see if it would like trigger the memory, but I could not remember her name. So to me, it seemed like that was a way to like clue her in that there's something, there's, there's more to this here. This is part of your clue. And that's how she won. You know, she took that, what did they say? The, uh, it was like a bold leap or something like that, or the leap not taken. Now I'm going to come back to that. Cause that's another thing that I was like, dude, this is such a weird, this is so, so weird to assume that you just have her dancing there with random people until she's to be rescued by somebody. That's strange, man. It was, it was, it's definitely <laughs> was like, there was no point in this at like the whole time I'm watching it. That was one thing in the theater. Everyone was quiet on. We're like, what the hell is this supposed to mean? Speaking of being quiet while watching a movie, this is the first movie in a very long time for me that I was literally talking at the screen. I wasn't annoying. I wasn't like, you know, ruining it for anyone else, but, uh, you know, it was it was noticeable that I was just like I was talking to myself at this movie. I was so into all of the all of the references and everything that um, it was a little out of character for me. It made me do that. And I think that's something that tells me that's why I don't think that I'm going to be like how you said, I'll be forgetting about this movie in a week. I, I don't think I will. OK, I mean, I'll be buying, I'll be purchasing this movie when it comes out. I'll be hitting pause every few seconds. It's like I not want having to, the same Spielberg effect, like a Spielberg movie doesn't get beat by Quiet Place. In its second weekend. That's weird. That is terribly weird. And I, I was think like, it was just a timing thing. I, I you know, and, and Quiet Place is. I didn't see it anywhere. I haven't seen Quiet Place hardly any previews for it. Ready Player One was everywhere. And I was like, this is. 
over the last few months, though, from like utilizing the movie pass, like that's all I've been seeing. I've been very much looking forward to it. That's for people who because go it's been so to promoted. the movies. Yeah, that's for but people I think that's a go. pretty big population of people, you know? Uh, I mean, the thing is, for people who go to the movies, they see that. Ready Player One was on movies and on TV saying, go see this movie. And for Quiet Place to be so, it's a, no one knows what it's about, really. They know generally. And for Jim Krasinski, like, John Krasinski should not be beating Spielberg on the second weekend out. He just shouldn't. And that's why I was just like, okay, something's not translating. Because that's not Spielberg. It's just not. I'll tell you, Indiana Jones would not be being beat by anybody. Anything else he made wouldn't. AI wasn't great, and it was still making Skrilla. That's not. That, I think something's not happening where people are for a long time going to tell people about this movie. I think that it's going to be the opposite. I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that word of mouth is definitely going to carry this movie further than it is. I think it's going to. That's, it's, that's what I would think. Like, what's it up to now? I think it. You know, it's not making Avengers numbers. That's for sure. Like, no. I think it was. Uh, I want to say it's pulled 400 million worldwide. So not a huge take. You know what I mean? Not a huge draw. I think this movie's going to have legs later on. You think so? I, I really do. Yeah, I think so. I, and maybe okay, I'm okay. wrong. But I, I, to I, me, I, I, this is I'm, something that I could watch. I've seen it twice, and yeah. I can tell you that I could easily watch it in a third and a fourth. A third I, and a fourth time. Yes. I think it's a great movie for people that nostalgia works on. For a certain AR age bracket, it's going to be great for younger people that like the visual. They're going to love this movie. Totally love this movie. But I don't know if it's going to have, because younger 17, 16-year-old people don't have the money to continue going to the movies all the time. The money is with us, and it doesn't look like we're going to see Ready Player One. We saw it, but it's not going to, like you said, it's not going to do, we know it's not going to do, we're not, no one was expecting it to do Black Panther Avengers numbers. No one was. That is an, no one's expecting that from any movie. If someone was like, well, it didn't do Black Panther money. Now at this point, can we admit it's not a fair comparison? Well, that's not going to happen. But you can do blah, blah money. You know what I'm saying? You can do this money. The only reason I, I think, like I said, I like the movie and I still told people to go watch. I told you to go watch it. I just think for Spielberg, this is not going to have the staying power that he thought it was going to have. And you might be right. We're going to come back to this and see that maybe it's number one next week. I don't think it's going to be number one next weekend either. No, I I would probably think that it's going to be a quiet place again. Yes. And I think Rampage might beat it too in a few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if people start telling people, you know what? Rampage is a lot better than I thought. That whole thing. Well, here's another thing that I could be wrong about. I have a feeling I'm not. But if you're comparing, I know you're not comparing Rampage to it, but you're putting Rampage into the scenario. Yeah, maybe so. I think maybe Rampage will, you know, surpass it temporarily. And maybe it won't do good numbers. I don't know. But I don't think that people are going to be talking about Rampage in a year. Oh, no. You know what I mean? I do think that they will be talking about this movie. And uh, Ernest Cline just announced, what was it? I think it was it 2015 that he announced it. Maybe it was 2016. He's working on a sequel to this. So this is, you know, this is something that's going to come back later on, too. I think that this movie has legs. I really do. I think over the course of the next several years, more and more people are going to watch this. I think parents are going to buy this for their kids. And kids are going to, it's going to be one of those movies that's just like being played on summer break. You know what I mean? My daughter loved this movie. She loved it. And and when I take her her to movies, she's just like, yeah, that was good. Or I liked it. You know, like even like uh, she loved Black Panther, but she was like, yeah, that was good. 
Yeah. And I really liked it. She loves Spider-Man, but she never, she came out of this one like wild eyed. And she was like, that was such a good movie. And that's yeah, she, just something that I don't I, normally see her do. I think this, I, that's what I'm saying. It's going to get to people, you know? It might. I might be wrong. Like I said, we're going to see, I think, but my finger on the pole says this doesn't have legs. It's going to get a sequel because it's going to make enough money to get a sequel in Spielberg. But I don't I don't see this being a um, phenomenon at all. I think it's just going to be people liked it and they thought it was cool in the end. You know what? Maybe another thing too is that Spielberg's like track record, even though his movies have been fairly successful lately, his recent track record hasn't been too fantastic. Like, what was that movie that came out? The the BFG, The Big Friendly Giant? I never saw that movie. I never saw it either, but I didn't hear good things about that one. So he had that. And then, of course, The Post, which isn't going to be... It's not, you're, The Post isn't catering to the crowd that saw Ready Player One. So maybe that's why. Maybe some people have kind of forgotten the capability of Spielberg. And it's a time also. It's a, I mean, if you're going to read, like there's, there is, you can't, in the internet age, there's certain things you can't get over. You can't put things over and be like, oh, just accept it. This movie 15 years ago would have been flawless in many people's eyes. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now there's certain things you just can't just, oh, just accept it and move on. That's just not how it rolls anymore. You know what I'm saying? There's like, people are going to call out certain plot devices that we're like, we have, okay, come on, let's go. We got to move on beyond that plot device. Let's, 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 come on. Let's keep this thing going already. Whereas Spielberg's 74 and he's used to making certain movies. When he was debuting this film, he said, this is a movie, not a film. I don't even know what that means. I think I get that. This is definitely something like, you know, what they call like a popcorn movie. This isn't your... It's obviously not your little art film that has deeper meaning and, you know, but the script was amazing and these actors, these up and coming actors were amazing and, you know, and it's, it doesn't have that indie kind of feel to it. I mean, this is a huge popcorn movie. It's kind of a shame that it's being released this year when, you know, within weeks, it's just going to get completely swallowed up by Avengers. Like, that's a given. But everything, like great movies get swallowed up, but that wouldn't even be a bad thing. Great movies get swallowed up by Avengers. It's just normally the only thing that's being talked about is a Spielberg movie until a phenomenon like Avengers. Like, until that phenomenon, this is all you hear about. I, I'm i talking about Ready Player One. You're talking about Ready Player One. Other than that, I don't hear people being like, dude, and being real, at Avatar... Everybody I ran into would be asking me about, did you see Avatar yet? I mean, don't get me. I mean, obviously my circle of Black Panther, that's not fair. But even then though, people would ask me, have you seen Black Panther? I mean, in general, if you have a Spielberg level event, normally, especially like this, your people are going to just be, ah, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I'm doing the one saying, go see it, go see it, go see it. And that's weird. I'm like, okay. And then it gets beat by the quiet place. That is not normal. And this I guarantee week two that it's been out, right? Because it came out Easter weekend. Yes, right? last weekend, dude. This should be the big one. This should be the big one where everyone was saying, go see this, go see this. This weekend's the hit. This I weekend, I don't, I don't we'll see. We'll see, though. No, I mean, I'm I, not really, I'm not like arguing or debating with you. I'm, I'm not really sure why this movie's not doing the numbers that it should, you know? But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Listen, 
depending on who you ask, you know, if you're if you're dealing with the box office crowd, which obviously that's what these movies are all about, is making money. Oh yeah. It's gonna make you know, money. then maybe not the best movie. Like I don't I don't always I don't always equate six what am I trying to say? I don't always equate the box office pool to defining a very successful movie with legs. Do you know what I mean? Because totally. it really just it just really how it hits the individual. You know, you you can, I don't personally equate big box office draw to a successful movie. I think that that's it's just it's just a matter of saying all of these people saw this movie for whatever reason. Was it the marketing, perhaps? Was it just the the star power, perhaps? I don't know. But you've got not necessarily a bunch of unknowns in this movie, but you have a lot of lesser names in this one. Maybe there's just several things that are keeping this movie from really like popping. You know what I mean? You you don't have the Robert Downey Juniors in this one. You've got like what let's you know looking at the cast right now the biggest name on there who Simon Pegg T.J. Miller those aren't really big names Ben Mendelsohn you know who's who's becoming one of the better villains in the film world these days but it's not you're not dealing with the Chris Evanses you're not dealing with the Robert Downey Juniors you know what I mean so obviously those kind of movies are going to have like a bigger draw but I just don't think that that's going to really I think that in the end, I think that I think a lot of people are going to end up having. This is going to be one of those movies that people hold dear to their heart. At least me personally, and I know that I can already tell. Hmm. I can't. Well, I think time. Well, then time is going to tell. Yeah, you're right, and I'll tell you. I'll be the first one to tell you, man. You know what? You were no, right. No, it's that gonna. No, no, no. You're gonna. It's gonna stick with you. I think, I think it, it might will. stick with you. Yeah, I think it might stick with you. I. I don't think it's gonna. I, my only caveat is, I don't think it's gonna stick with you like you think it's going to. You might be right about that. I'll tell you this. Uh, yesterday, when I got out of it, just because I was so visually stunned by the whole thing, I basically called it a 10 out of 10. After 24 hours, I can tell you I don't feel it's a 10 out of 10 because I've started to find some things that could, you know, little issues like we're about to discuss. But I would definitely still say it's like a 9 out of 10 for me. And I don't know. I don't know what I what I call a 10 out of 10. That was just a pure excitement. I haven't stepped out of a movie yeah. like that. Yes. In years where I'm like 10 out of 10 easily, you know, you know how much I love Star Wars. I didn't yes. even do that. And I loved Last Jedi. I loved it. I saw it so many times, but I didn't even come out of that one like 10 out of 10. I did say it was one of the better Star Wars movies ever made, but it, this was just the, it was like a whole fun thing for me. The whole movie was just nothing but fun. I loved it. And I totally get like, I get that. Like, I liked it. The problems I had occurred as it sat with me. That's it. As it sat with me, that's when the problem started being like, what the heck was that all about? What did that mean? How does that even work? What the deuce is it? You know, but after the movie, the the endor or the the endorphins released were effective. They clouded my brain and I was able to enjoy this amazing, fun, enjoyable experience. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And that was well put. I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So now the so we get to the we get to the part where we now have a Ben Mendelssohn that's killing people. What did you think of that? It was a strong turn. You know, like you were saying earlier, we had this guy that was just sitting on top. Well, like I said that, but the guy that's sitting on top of the tower and telling people what to do, he he quickly changed from that. And it, it did surprise me, actually, because I never got that far in the book. I didn't know that it, that his aunt was like taken out. Not only was his aunt taken out and her piece of shit boyfriend, but that entire stack, plus some of the stacks, some of the people that were like near it. You know? yep. <laughs> like he killed yep. a lot of people right there. He turned into a mass murder like instantaneously. 
So it, you know, it made him even more menacing now. Um, I think that Ben Mendelsohn played an amazing douchebag in this movie. Yeah. You know, like, like the part where he, he uh, sent an invitation <clears throat> to Wade and Wade had to touch the cute or excuse me, touch the pyramid to go in and like be, be basically become a hologram while he's offering him this deal of like, you know, I can set you up with $50 million right now, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give you everything you want. You just got to come and work for me. You want one of these pods that I'm chilling in? Yeah, you get one of those. That's easy. You know, he was like selling it. But then I love the part how he had the two earpieces in his in his ear and they're just feeding him. They're like Cyrano de Bergerac in the lines. You know what I mean? Of, of yeah. how to sound like he's like, I'm hip. I know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. You know, he, you know, sometimes I just want to, they're like, say tab, Duran Duran and whatever else it was. Sometimes when I want to kick back, I just want to, you know, crack open a tab and listen to some Duran Duran and whatever the other, the third example was, you know, I, yes. I he, they they per, they painted him out to be a humongous douchebag, and I think that he did that successfully. I really like Ben Mendelsohn, man. I, I think I need to look a little more into his work. Um, I loved him in Rogue One. I thought he was awesome in that. He's fast becoming. What was? I think he's out in another. I think he's a bad guy in another movie that's out. He was recently. good in Bloodline. Bloodline. What was that one? Uh, it's with Kyle Chandler. It was on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's not, I'm drawing a blank. Did you know that he's going to be in Captain Marvel as well? I think he might actually be the villain in Captain Marvel as well. Is that right? So he's fast becoming the go-to villain. And I like it. Wow. I think he's great. I did not know that. That's good news. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's great news. He's an unconventional, unconventional, uh, conventional actor. That's what I would say. There's just something about him. He's got a certain look. Yeah, um, a certain affect. I like his uh, lisp. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah, no, he's cool, yeah. man. I liked him. But like when okay, so he kills everybody around, and then the next scene, it's like he uh, Wade doesn't even really care about the whole thing. He's right back to normal. Yeah, I don't think he was really into his aunt. You know what? There was something that that kind of clued me into that too, because she obviously treated him like shit. She put totally. Her, her, her like string of boyfriends before him all the time. But um, when he said, when Wade told me, he goes, you killed my mom's sister. Isn't that kind of weird? Like he didn't even associate her as being his aunt. It was his mom's sister. Which is, an, which is why I was wondering if it was a pull from something. I just think he was detached. Maybe, oh yeah, that's then, right. You did mention that. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I, that's but, why that popped in my head. But no, but I just felt thing, that he was just being like, he was just detached from it. It might be, but then why even have him kill her then? Why put that in the movie if it was a total... Well, you killed somebody I don't care about. It was supposed to make an effect for the movie. They just... It seems like a scene was missing. Like, they just said, okay, we need to pull that scene. We don't have time for him crying. We need to get this thing on the mode. We got to get on the move. He doesn't even seem... Because he he cares enough to run and tell them to get out the house. Right, right. So he does care. Is it because because his suit was there? (laughs) Maybe that's And he was just like, please, no! Get out! All that. And then after next scene, he's just like, anyway... Well, yeah, I, yeah, I see. I, I do see your point right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they, they had him running, obviously, because, you know, Wade Watts is a good person. Yes. So obviously it, he doesn't want to see murder go down, especially yes. when it's, he could prevent it. Like, maybe that's what it was, is that this murder, like he told me, he's like, I'm not even there. He was telling him, I'm coming to kill you. But he's like, I'm not even there. So, you know, Wade Watts is just a generally, like a genuine good person. He doesn't want to see people die. You know, and so it his, should have. I thought it would affect him, especially be like, okay, maybe you don't know your aunt. Maybe you don't like your aunt. 
You don't like anyone in that building? None of them affected you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, afterwards, <laughs> I totally get it. Now that you, I mean, it didn't even register me toward the two times that I saw it. Yeah, that he did kind of detach quickly from that. Yeah. No big. All right, on to taking over this key. I would be like, you need to give me a. There's point. important shit at hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's to... Easter eggs abound. Exactly. I'd be like, hold on, I need to breathe for a second because like, I got keys to find, dude. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, fine, fine. And in the movie, I just was like, okay, well, that's interesting. But it's things like that sat with me and was like, that that means there are no stakes then if. They kill your only family member. There's no one else they could kill that's going to matter to you. So now there's no stakes. Well, Wade was pretty much on his own from the beginning anyway. I felt like he was just, he was basically just sharing space there, but there was really no love. She was yes. even telling him like, you know, the next time you take my stuff, you can get out. And there was, there was no love there. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's why he got over it so quickly. I think he was tripping more just because all my stuff's in that stack. All these people are going to die and it's all because of me. Essentially, that, you know? that would. Yeah. But I would say maybe that's why he was tripping if he did trip and he didn't. There was no tripping on it. He was just like, anyway, I can't argue. <laughs> I really can't argue there, man. <laughs> but you got um, a point. It, so we go to the uh, we finally get to meet Artemis in real life. As the right? re, as uh, Samantha. Yes. Artemis basically sends in one of the members of the resistance, as she called it. I believe she called it the resistance. And it was that guy that with the lame tattoo on, as they mentioned, yes. it, on his face. Yes. Takes him, um, chloroforms him, and he wakes up, and he's now in the resistance. Yeah. Um, what did you think about all that? Did you? What do you think of Olivia Cook? First of all. Um, in general, like as a, I've never seen her. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else but this. Okay. What did you think of her performance? Um, I think I'll probably wait because that's another bad thing I need to talk about. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yes, yes, I, yes. I really wish that you had seen Thoroughbreds prior to this, and maybe that's yes, why I've got yes. this like like love for this girl. Not love, but I mean, like I really think she's a great actress because that movie was yes. just so... But awesome. it's not her fault. What I'm going to say bad is not her fault. It is the writer's fault. Okay. It's not her. She did what she was supposed to do very well. She just had nothing to do except for support this dude. The end. There's nothing more to her to do. There was nothing she was there for except for let me propel this dude into winning. Which was, I was like, that sucks. There's nothing more she was there for. Let me put myself in harm's way so that this dude can win. And I'm like, why Why would you do that? No, she why had more you, to it. There was more to it than that. Like if I'm what? hearing you correctly, what was her mission? Why was she so into this? Is that what you're getting at? Why was, what was her story? We know nothing about her. Yeah, we do, actually. We, what do we she know? said quite a bit. She said that, you know, she... Okay, let's go back to the nightclub scene where yes. she met up and they were on that date and they were dancing mm-hmm. and all that. And that's when uh, Parzival told her, hey, listen, I love you. And he wanted and he wanted to tell her his real name. And she's like, you don't know. You only know what I need, want you to know about me. You don't yes. know anything else. That's who you're True. in love with. You're not in love with me. So when yes. she finally breaks it down, yeah, she had a big mission. I mean, like... Basically, what happened was, and I was going to get to this too, so maybe we can talk about the two things at the same time. So, IOY has these loyalty centers, right? Uh-huh. Which their whole purpose is is of of uh, they buy out your debt and they make you. I kind of made it look like they were like mining, like they yes. use the, they use you to mine for whatever to probably just for more materials to you know in the quest of searching for the Easter egg. So her her father 
did that. Her father fell deep into the oasis. Yes. And was like so in debt. And that's what happened. IOI got a hold of him, put him onto the uh, loyalty camp or whatever it was that it was called, the loyalty uh, center, the loyalty yes. center. Yes. And basically worked himself to death. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was so like against IOI. She wanted yes. to get basically revenge for the death of her father. So, you know, they, they pretty much broke. I mean, down, so, I but how does that bring into, I'm going to propel you to victory. Why not you propel me to victory? Well, I think that they were working together on that. I think in the book, and I do recall from what I know about the book is that they, that's like a change in the movie is that they all didn't just like connect that quickly. From what I understand, I think they connect like later, like much, much later in the book. They're, it's all avatars. And then they finally all meet up at the very end. So, yeah, you know, like, Hollywood, yeah, for they, the purposes of Hollywood, you know? That's what I'm saying. But there's nothing that makes me think I'm so connected with you that I want you to win. And somehow you winning is going to fulfill my mission. I was like, that makes zero sense. It was a love story. They had to throw and, a love story But there's nothing, exactly. And then when he's like, I'm in love with you, how? We don't know anything about their connection. Well, that's what she was saying, you know? But he had- Yes, but then she he had him. Yeah. Out of, out of nowhere. And then they end up together. I'm like, okay, we have no setup for this relationship. Zero. We have nothing. He met her a day ago. In life. In life. Yeah, but he had been following her. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this through the eyes of Wade. Wade, because yes. even like in the race, he's like, did you see that? That was Artemis. You know, he's like, are you sure? And he's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I've watched all of her walkthroughs and blah, 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 blah. Totally. So he's clearly obsessed with this girl from an online perspective. Which is a very, right in on itself is like, this is just all for me. It was just weird and creepy. I'm like, so it's pretty much, I'm obsessed with this girl. I meet her. She immediately falls for me and we fall for each other. And she propels me into victory because I'm so awesome. Somehow. There's nothing that would make her think that. Eh, I get what you're saying, but you know what? I'm willing to forgive it. For exactly. The sake of that's just what I'm a saying. Fun movie, it's, it's, exactly. I mean, that's I can sit I'm... and just pick. If you really wanted just to pick every single thing apart of any movie, yeah, you're going to have those kind of those kind of issues. Well, I mean, not those kind. I don't think that that particular issue that we're speaking of really did anything that was detrimental to the movie. I, I don't think it, it's something that was com- completely forgivable to me. I get it. You need a love story and and. But I'm willing to forgive that for the sake of the bigger picture, which was this great movie that I saw. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And I did in the moment, too. I did in the moment, too. Totally. Also, also, though, speaking about it from a moviegoer's point of view and not a book reader's point of view. You know what I mean? Same with me. So so I'm sure there are issues that are going to pop up that you're going to hear and read and, and see that that people have a lot of problems with this because of the things that were changed. Just like anything that's converted from a book to a movie, you're going to have those problems. You know, yeah, I've but. never, I've never read the book. I only know that when I was watching it, I was like, okay, okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. And a bunch of those, okay, whatever came up later in my brain. I was like, yeah, that's weird. Like, why is that? But anyway, and the thing is, I, even after all of my nitpicks, I still say for the sheer, a, I would say, go see this movie. It's super duper fun. B, when if someone was like, I freaking hated that movie, I would say, I totally get it. I could see totally both. If someone was like, that was garbage, I'd be like, I get it. I get why you say that. I liked it, but I totally get why you would say this thing because there's a lot of just conventional filmmaking. Totally be like, okay, sh- we're using this person only for this reason. 
There's nothing more deep than that. This person is to propel this person to this. That's it. They're a convention in the in the in the movie. Um, but it works. For well, me. there's definitely a lot more. I do remember, you know, getting introduced to Artemis in the book uh, before I stopped reading it. And I know that there's more depth to her character in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I so, imagine so. If, you know, it just is what it is. They just had to, for the sake of time, because the movie's already, what, two and a half hours, basically. That's a whole lot of backstory they got to fill in. I just think that there were some things that you just had to go, okay, this is what it is. And oh. we need to accept this so we can... You know, we can move along with the story. I just thought it would have been really cool. Since she's already dope, super dope, she would be the most logical person to get that, to get that keys. Because she's so dope. They, she, he said, oh my God, that's Artemis. So she would be the person. And she did. She ended up getting the second key. She got the J yes, key. But she didn't get the key. I'm like, why not just have her get the key? She's the person that has the most to get. She has the deepest reason to win than anyone there. So she should be the one for sure. He doesn't have the reason she has at all. She definitely had more of a mission. Way more of a mission. I'm like, oh, it would have made way more sense to be like, because she's like, I'm not going to lose because my dad got eaten alive by these people. Here's what I'm not going to do is lose. Wade is just like, they've only killed people I don't really care about. I really wouldn't, if I leave right now, it doesn't change my life at all. He has no stakes. Well, his stake was he wanted to win, you know, that's just it. like everyone else. He that's wanted it. But to win her, and be she's the, like, the owner of the OS. That's it. But her, she's like, it doesn't, all this bullcrap doesn't matter. I have this reason. That's my reason. And that's what I was like, well, that would have been, but again, in the movie, I didn't care. Later on, I was like, you know what would have been cool? And, it, and, and it's not like Spielberg could not have done it. He's Spielberg. He could have been like, you know, we could switch this up. And imagine, I could imagine, even though it's it's imagined, whatever, I could imagine a, whatever teen girl's mouth drop when that girl wins. She takes that key. It's like, wow, that's cool. Mine, it wouldn't affect me because I'd be like, oh, that was dope. I don't know what some other teenage girl would think. She'd be like, oh, dope. Artemis was the dopest, and she just proved, oh, no, I'm doper than anyone in this game. Instead of I being like, I think she was a pretty strong protagonist. You know what I mean? She was fine. She was fine. Particularly Again, if, you're, if, you're, if you're catering to, if I'm hearing you correctly, if you're catering to that teenage crowd, to a teenage moviegoer, maybe that's not yeah. what you were saying, but it, while you were talking, that's kind of what I was thinking. I think that they did an effective job of making her a protagonist that a teenage girl could get into. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why they sort of, I don't even really want to get into how they changed her character because I don't feel that I'm educated enough to even go there yet. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. even read the whole book. But I, th- I think they did a good job with her. I, I, was, I have no problems with Olivia Cook or artists yeah. for that matter. One thing about that that I thought was pretty risque, man, we were talking about earlier how we were talking about the ratings is yeah. when she's in the in the dance club with him and he has that suit on. Oh, yeah. And then she like goes, he says something like, oh, yeah, I got the new suit. When he jokingly makes a he makes a joke like something with the uh, extra sensitive crotch or he says something like yes. that. And then she like swims underneath him and kind of like grazes his head with her crotch, or excuse me, grazes his crotch with her head. I thought that was like, oh, and look, she it's said a comment like, "Oh, you are awake" or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I thought, oh, I was like, he has this, a, man. he yeah. has a bit of a yes. And all and here's here's uh, how did you like the final fight sequence? Oh, it was amazing. 
That's when it all went down right there, man. That's well done. That's when you just have this. That's the biggest explosion of, you know, pop culture references, period. Yeah. There were so many in there. I mean, stuff that I like, again, I'm sure we still haven't caught. I'm sure there's stuff out there. I've been kind of looking around. I've watched a couple of YouTube videos just to sort of get like a, uh, a collected, a collective of what I saw. Do you know what I mean? And yes. it's amazing. Some of the people are like, oh, we heard this is, was in there, but we didn't see it. We don't have any proof of it. But then there's all the ones that are that I remember seeing that I know were there, you know. But who knows how many references they put into this thing. It, it was amazing to me. That's why I can't wait to buy this movie so I can sit there and pause and really get the gist of what they were doing. Like I said, I didn't get, I saw characters that I didn't, rec- that I recognized, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? And that's what, like, and I feel like I'm pretty well based in that kind of stuff. But there was, when it got to the video game stuff, like, the, I just, oh man, I can't tell you. I wasn't, I played Street Fighter, but I wasn't like a Street Fighter connoisseur. I can't tell you the character's name. Was it Johnny Cage or something like that? I, I don't remember all their names. But um, yeah, it was amazing, man. The Mecha Godzilla was insane. Yes. I was wanting to see the Iron Giant from day one because I love that movie so much. I thought that was a great addition to it. Um, his DeLorean that's racing through the battle and it's got the Knight Rider. You, we noticed that at the, right at the beginning of the race, but the whole Knight Rider addition to it, the modification, freaking uh, Gundam, you know, and then, and then did you watch Firefly? No. I didn't watch Firefly either, but I do know that the ship that, um, that show was, was on, oh, was it a show or was it the, uh, the other one? I can't remember if it was show or it was the other character, but uh, the ship that he was jumping from, I don't know if it was Daito or show, but anyway, was freaking Serenity from Firefly. That was dope. You know, oh, just I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. And then, you know, just there was just so much going on. There was X-Wing fighters in this. There was, it was ridiculous. Not in the, in the last battle, but I'm just still completely, if anything at all in this movie, I'm completely blown away with the amount of references that I think came from actual love. Oh, hey, there was a reference. Okay, if I may backtrack, did you catch the Prince references in the movie? Um, okay, uh, I didn't like Prince. We know Prince has passed when you hear his songs on Ready Player One. That's what yeah, took me that's out. a good it, point, dude. That's a good point. It took me out because I was like, Prince would never. I'm a fan of Prince, so it's not fair to ask because it's like Prince would not like this. I don't like this at all. He's passed away is the only reason you can do this. It is. I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one there. But I'm still willing. To, like, I'm not worried about what Prince was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care that Prince wouldn't have wanted it. I liked it there. Okay. And I like that they went with something. It wasn't just like Little Red Corvette or Didn't they do like I Want to Be a Lover? Yeah. I thought that was great. You know? And then Ugh, I, liked so the, uh, I liked the. I uh, liked the. The whole like when he when he was like trying on the different suits and he went from like the Prince. I believe to it the was. Michael Jackson, uh, yeah. I think it was the 1999 suit, or was it the Little Red Corvette suit? I think it was Little Red Corvette was the suit that he had on. The purple and then he with went the to white the, fruffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he went to the Michael Jackson Thriller one. Yeah. And then they really went like I the I couldn't believe that they came. He's like, "How about Duran Duran?" Not only did they go Duran Duran, Steve. I know you're not a Duran Duran guy, but it was like Duran Duran. It was Nick Rhodes, the keyboardist from Duran Duran, and it was the suit that he wore during like the the Planet Earth video, which is just so fucking obscure to me. You know what I mean? That they did that. That's just that's straight up love right there for the eighties. Wow. I was I was very very impressed with that. Okay. I loved it. Interesting. But it sounds to me like you got 
as we're getting like as we're progressing into this here, it sounds to me I think we should start doing a couple things first of all. I think we need to get into Easter eggs and just talk about some of those Easter eggs there. Uh, but I'm very curious about you know these issues you have here. So what would you like to do first? Easter eggs. All right, let's do that. Because I didn't catch a lot of them. You caught more than I did. Well, yeah. And I mean, I didn't like write them down, but I did go to the uh, wonderful thing called the internet. <laughs> no, I mean, there's just too many. What am I going to do? Sit there no, with No, I know and... that you remembered way more than you think you did. Because you were oh, talking no, to I'm me sure about, I did. yeah, you're amazing at that. Like, I'm like, oh, I didn't catch. Oh, I didn't catch. I'm like, man, Dan is observant. There was a lot I saw, but there's a lot that I didn't. But I okay. just have this list up here. Um, credit where credit's due. I'm pulling this off of Screen Rant. And I'm not going to go through all of these here, but there are 120 Ready, Ready Player One Easter eggs on this list right here. So just kind of go down. Let's see if we caught some of these here. Now, according to Screen Rant, at the beginning of the movie when he's talking about the Oasis and how you can climb Mount Everest with Batman, did you know which Batman it was? Isn't it Adam West? No, man. It was actually Michael Keaton's Batman. Was it? Yeah, it was Michael Keaton's Batman. I thought it was they also Mike. showed they also showed the Flash. I don't remember did not see the that. Flash being in there, but it was yeah. Uh, did you catch RoboCop? Did not catch him either. Marvin the Martian. Nope. Here's one. This isn't actually in the movie, but I think this is dope. Uh, number one sixteen on the list is the Ready Player One logo. So you can kind of picture how the font is, right? Yes. Okay. Check this out. The Ready Player One logo is actually a maze. And the maze, you start off on the R and you work your way down into the the O. Excuse me. You work your way down into the O of the letter of the word one. And in the the very last part, the Easter egg from the movie is in the O. I just think that's dope. That's that's interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, Let's see here. Let's get a little sci-fi. I don't know if you're a Star Trek guy, but did you happen to notice when that one segment where James Holiday sits up and he's like talking about how if you're watching this, then I'm dead. Did you notice the casket that he was in? Yes, I did notice that. What was that from? Wasn't it from like, uh, don't you like it, it shoots you off into the uh, space, right? You're there. Yeah. What that was yeah. from was uh, Star Trek II: the Wrath of Khan when Spock dies. That was the casket that they shot him off in. Oh, and I cool. just thought that was so dope. Uh, let's see who else did we have here. Jason Voorhees was there on Planet yes, Doom. Yes, I saw him. Did Planet Doom, being an Easter egg in itself, is that that's from Voltron, I believe. That I did not know. Yeah, man. All kinds of stuff. Uh, Duke Nukem was in the final battle. Did not and, know that. Uh, yeah, that was H. H was battling. It was squaring off with him. I think he might have killed uh, Duke Nukem. He also killed in the same battle. No, it wasn't the final battle. Actually, I'm going back to... Um, you'll have to pardon me here, folks. I actually just made a mistake because I'm, I'm reading and I'm trying to like do this at the same time. But uh, the battle that I'm referring to is when the introduction of Age. So he kills Duke Nukem. And yes. then like right after that, he kills uh, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger made an appearance there. Okay. We had Master Chief Oh, I Halo. remember Freddy Krueger. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, very I do, brief. Do, 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 do. Yes. Very brief. Yes. Uh, Master Chief and a lot of the, uh, pardon the expression or the uh, terms because I'm not a Halo guy, but like a lot of the soldiers from Halo were on that too. Master Chief's, you know, crew. Mm -hmm. Um, I could just go on and on with these, man. The uh, rail gun. There's a rail gun that's used in the movie. And I believe it is when, I'm trying to remember if it's, I I think I'm getting this right, but I'm pretty sure this is something that um, Parzival pulls out while he's riding in the, in the, um, DeLorean, but it's uh, from the movie Eraser, Schwarzenegger. 
Oh, That's really? the railgun used. Oh, yeah. I see there's a bunch of them. That's a random... Why would you pull from a racer out of all the movie? Wow. That's the thing about it. half of these things. You know, there was lots of love to um, Back to the Future, obviously. Of course. There's a part where he's walking around... I think it's when he like first walks into the Oasis. Again, yeah. so much visual stimulation going on. I'm having a hard time like putting it into a specific scene. But Doc Brown is present. Doc Brown. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. When that Doc I Brown comes know. back in Back to the Future 2 and he's from yeah. when he's actually from the future and he's got those crazy goggles on and that weird yeah. trench coat, that's yeah. the Doc Brown that's walking around. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They talked about the Millennium Falcon. They didn't show it, but they talked about it. They had freaking Hello Kitty walking around or the Sanrio characters. There was the 66 Batmobile in the race that was driven by, I want to say it was, who was it driven by? I can't remember who it was driven by, but I know for a fact that the, uh, oh no, no, I think it was driven by Laura Croft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, dude. That is what they one would call a deep cut. Right? Seriously. They got the Interceptor from Mad Max in the race. Uh, Christine. Did you notice Christine? I did notice Christine. Yeah, that was too dope. Uh, they got Ryu and they got the Mach 5 from freaking Speed Racer, the A-Team van, of course, the DeLorean. And Did by the way, the van. and by the way, the DeLorean, when they show the panel on the, in the dashboard, all yes. the dates are accurate, which I thought was a nice touch. No joke. Yeah, no joke. Of course, we had the fusion of the uh, night. We already talked about that, but the Night Rider light on the yes. DeLorean. Yes. Um, anything that jumping out? Like what, what, caught, what, did, what caught your eye? I think the biggest one that probably caught my eye, you know, oddly enough. Okay. Remember now here's my wonder. What, what is considered an Easter egg? As far as to the movie ready player one, or are you just talking about in general? Like what in general, like for instance, if someone was like, when I was like, Oh, that was from the shining. And they're like, Oh, I didn't notice that. Is that an Easter egg or is that too obvious to be one? Uh, that's kind of like a grand Easter egg because they're they're putting it forth. They're like saying, "Hey, you're in The Shining." I don't think that's really an Easter egg. I think the Easter eggs are all the things that you're again that you're just that are just there and happening that we may or may not see. You know what I mean? Little little hints, like for instance, well, Artemis. Well, there's bike. an Easter egg that I think I got that no that it might not be an Easter egg. It might not be real. What's that? Okay. What did you think when you first saw the zombies? Are you talking about in the Shining House? Yes. When they were dancing? Uh-huh. I thought of Disneyland. I thought Thank of the Haunted you. House. But yeah. Did it, was that supposed to be that? Because I haven't seen it anywhere. No, I think that that's... Um, I, I think that that's... Ex- I don't know. I, I don't even know if that one's actual, like, an accurate call. That's what I was thinking. But that was the I first Disneyland thing I thought of was Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that's intentional. You think because no one's written it. No one said anything about it. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I haven't been to Disneyland so long. But it triggered something in my stomach that I was like, the Haunted Mansion. That's what I remember from the Haunted Mansion. I might be tripping, dude. No, no, no. I don't think you're tripping at all. Hey, uh, getting back to Evil Superman. This is number 86 on that list here. That's what I'm doing. I'm kind of scrolling through and trying to find the ones that are a little more, you know, uh, that grab me, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, Nolan Sorrento, it does show him as Superman. Oh. And it says that they uh, drew some inspiration from um, Alex Ross's version of the Man of Steel, as they put it. Uh, Oh, nice. Which is, um, you know what? It kind of reminded me of um, Kingdom Come. Did you ever read Kingdom Come? I did not. The older version of Superman? Yeah, that was pretty dope. 
Oh, there was another one. Right when uh, Sorrento goes into the into the uh, oasis, right when he walks in and he turns into evil Superman. Did you see what was like chilling in the background and it, it, the noise was there and everything? It was that noise. No. It was those it was those Martian tripods from War of the Worlds, from the old War of the Worlds. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, man. So many just awesome things. Oh, there's there, references yeah. to gremlins. Um did you see Spaceballs? Yes. Bill Pullman, um you know the Winnebago that he drove? Yes. I think it, yes. The Lone Star, I believe it was called. That was in it. Um there was references to Fraggle Rock. I remember Jeez right when, Louise. yes, right when, um, I'm actually, this is another thing, but right when Wade goes into the, the first time we see him go into his little trailer and get ready to go into the Oasis, uh, he puts something down and it's a Masters of the Universe lunch pail. Oh, uh, not, the, I, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. There was, uh, they showed the, uh, the ship from Aliens. They showed a Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there was Dune references. Uh, stop me if I'm boring you, man. I'm just trying to like quickly go through some of these here. There was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. References to two, 2001 Space Odyssey. Buck Rogers Thunder Fighter Easter Egg was in this one. And that's oh, when geez. it's in uh, and that's when it's in um, H's workshop. Wow. Pee Wee Herman's bike Did not was that. in this one. Yeah, man. There was a quote from Lex Luthor that was in this one here. I'm quickly reading these guys. Sorry. If I knew all of this shit, then I I just have too much time on my hand. But I'm trying to see if I can read the quote real quick. I do remember something to the effect of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Holiday actually recited this here. He says, some people can read War and Peace and come away thinking it's a simple adventure story. Uh Others can read the ingredients on a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. That's uh, Gene Hackman in 1978 Superman. The best Superman, if you ask me. Oh, interesting. Ref, reference to um, something about Mary when he was really? talking about how he changed. He, yeah, when uh, when um, Wade was buying like different looks, uh, H says something about, yeah, you had enough money. Oh, because when he didn't have the money for the gas, he's like, well, you had enough money for that something about Mary haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he talked about, yeah, the breakfast club. I mean, oh, yeah. One of my favorite ones, too, was the holy hand grenade from Monty Python's Holy Grail. That was amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. How about the Zemeckis Cube? One of my favorite things right there. Do you remember the Zemeckis Cube? I do not. The Zemeckis Cube was when he was shopping around after he won the first Oh, no, I remember. It doesn't it take you backwards or something? Yeah, it takes you yes. back 60 seconds in time. But it was great because when he purchased it, you know, you see this floating um, Rubik's Cube. But they call it the Zemeckis Cube. And when he finally used it, it threw out that little chime. That, little, that wasn't the chime, actually. It was like the music from the Back to the Future. Just, oh, I didn't just, know that. just amazing detail. The things that they did, man. Arkham Knight was in this. There was a Beetlejuice cameo. Injustice's Supergirl was in this here. Um, dude, it just goes on and on. The Christopher Reeve uh, Clark Kent glasses I thought was a great touch when he put those on and oh, he yeah. just slicks his yeah. hair back and now he looks the same, but no one can tell who he is. I thought that was genius. I loved it. Yeah, man, just tons. Oh yeah, did you catch the reelect Mayor Goldie Wilson poster? That was in H's house. I don't even know who Goldie Wilson is. Goldie Wilson is the mayor in Back to the Future. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I would never have caught that. Did you not see that? I mean, that's just like um, commonplace with me, but was that not a movie that you watched a lot? Oh, no. Well, I watched it like once and was like, okay, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a huge, huge thing. Oh, that's interesting. Love those movies. Uh, Conan the Barbarian was in the dance club. The bartender oh, was wearing it. You know the, I don't know if you remember Devo, but the Devo flower pot hats. I do from like remember the those. Video. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The bartender in the dance club was wearing the, the hat. I mean, 
it's just amazing. It makes me wonder how much money did they have to spend to get the rights to these things? They had freaking uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker were in this movie. Jeez. Ripley's Mecca. Uh, what do they call that here? Um, I can't. The, her, her tech armor that she has in Aliens was in that in the final battle. It just I could just go on and on. I mean, I'm just naming some of these. I'm already on like 45, but it's just amazing, dude. They they the dark side of the moon prism is in this here. Um, Blade Runner references, Dungeons and Dragons references, Battletoads, Ninja Turtles. Just, I could just go on and on. Joust, fucking amazing. I think you folks get the point. There are a lot of Easter eggs in this movie, which just makes it that much more fun to go see. Sorry if I bored you folks, but there's a lot, a lot to go. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, yeah, they definitely, like I said, if you're into nostalgia, ladies and gentlemen, this is the movie. I mean, they know how to tickle the fancies. How did your crowd respond to the H reveal? I didn't know Lena Waithe was in this. You know what? I didn't really get a response. Like it, there wasn't, I didn't hear any gasping or, oh, or anything. Oh, we like all that. cracked up. We laughed our heads off. So who is H? I, because I, I don't Lena Waithe. Uh, Lena Waithe is she wrote Ma- uh, a, the real amazing Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. She wrote the Shy. She created the Shy. Um, she's like a monster right now coming up. And she's an actress too, obviously. Apparently, yeah, very yeah. But her her writing skills is where it's at. Like she's she's the one that won that Emmy for that Thanksgiving episode with uh, Aziz Ansari. I love the character of H. I thought it was really, and I, I have a feeling they used because they don't. It, it didn't look like her, but they definitely used aspects of each character. Like her voice was just slowed down, probably. Yeah, I took. I thought that too. I'm sure that's what they did. I'm imagining, and I'm wondering if they really acted these things out, or did they just totally just create it in the box? Or did they just follow them acting these things out and then put it? I'm going to be looking at some of how they did this because I'm wondering if they just took the visuals and just made them act. Because it looked really human how they were acting. So I wonder if they did the whole impossible, amazing, takes 120 years to train dot thing. I knew it. I was just waiting. I was waiting for the dots. (laughs) You and your dots. I I mean, I don't know if they had the time to train and go through the PhD level certificate training to do this. So I got to look into this. Oh, man, I got to get you in one of those suits. If if they did, if they did it, I'd be like, wow, huh, I guess they're just amazing. Each and every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're too much, man. You're too much. I'm always going to disagree with you on this, man, because really I mean, everything you're saying right now. It's, I, I get where you're going, and it, but you're basically all it does is equates to Andy Circus sucks. That's really what you're saying. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'll say. Like if someone does four backflips in a row, and the person next to me is like, "Dude, that is amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's dope." And then the person's like, "I have never seen anything like it." Then I'm just like, "Okay, yeah, all right." My goodness, did you? Say, at that point, I'm like, "Okay, everyone, can we please?" If you took law, if you took. Uh, four months, you could do four backward flips in a row. Just calm down. You're a tough crowd, That's Hudson. All. A super, super tough crowd. But here's what you can't, here's what I will say about all in all from this movie. Spielberg, we don't have an heir apparent to him. 
We just don't. He's 74. Not saying he doesn't have another 50 years. Who knows? Life is funny. <laughs> but who? 124 years old. Who, you never know. <laughs> um, I mean, they're trying to conquer age now. Um, he is a, I mean, regardless of what you think, Spielberg is a special director, man. He is a special director. And I, th- I think, I mean, to know that the same person that directed Color Purple directed this, he's just a special type of person. Jaws, Color Purple, this, uh, Indiana Jones. Close he Encounters. Just, it just goes close on and thing, on. I mean, it goes on and on. And um, I mean, I don't want to make this dreary, but people enjoy this man. Enjoy him. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy this artistry that he's creating. He made something for the fans. He did. He made something just totally fun for the fans. Who knows? He could have made it, but like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know, who knows what made him want to do this? But either way, he did it so that you couldn't imagine not to be ageist, but no one could have been able to tell me whether a 24-year-old director did this or a 74-year-old director did this. No one would be able to tell me. Hey, on that note, I do believe, and again, I haven't read this, but I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of reference to Steven Spielberg in the book. There is. Uh, well, they said there's a lot of references on screen, too, because he didn't have to get, uh, there's a few things he used that he didn't have to get the rights for because he owns them. You know, I was really surprised that they didn't have one particular actor in this movie because they do talk about him and he's he's like, I think he's the vice president in the movie. Who's that? Uh, Will Wheaton in the book. Uh, he's like the vice president of the Oasis or something like that. Uh, again, you're, I'm speaking really? out of ignorance because I haven't read that. But this is, again, little things that I've picked up over the last 24 hours as I've like dove into Ready Player One, you know, like uh, the rabbit hole. But yeah, he was. I was surprised that he wasn't in it. He actually does the uh, voiceover work for the audiobook. So there's love given, yeah. Hey, one more Easter egg, man, because I wonder if you caught this. It lasted two seconds. And I just thought it was so dope. Did you see Spawn in the final battle? I did not. Oh, man. You got to go watch this movie again, Steve. There's a lot a uh, lot you missed. A lot you missed. I, you know what? I could just read the list and be like, oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I think I would miss them again. I just, Even if I spent time looking for them, I'd miss them. For sure. Because it goes too fast. There's just all, all this. I think I said my favorite Easter egg. I think I may have called it that. But as I'm scrolling through here, there's another one that I forgot that I just thought was, oh, my God, the the, the pulls that you guys are doing. Did you ever see a movie back in 1983 or maybe just since 1983 called Krull? No. Okay. You got to watch Krull. It's a fantasy movie. But um, there is this weapon that the uh, protagonist has in that movie. It's called the Glaive. And the Glaive is, think of like a, think of like a throwing star. Yes. But it's like, it's huge. You know what I mean? Like this thing's bigger than this dude's face. I can't remember which character it was, but at the end of the movie, he throws that at um, Irock and t- and cuts off his oh, arm. Oh yeah, cuts off his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool that they actually pulled that one out there. That's huge bonus points for that. Also, my bad, Steven Spielberg is 71. Not 74, so we're good. That one, Oh, okay. So he's got a little, we, we, just, uh, we just added a little bit of time to him. Yeah, so he has like 127 years. There we go. See, we're not done with him yet. Yeah, he has like... 30 something years ago. Um, so shall we get into I the will, issues? Um, look, there's okay. Here's my issues. Number one, the, the, unfortunately the female character got, she was that pixie dream girl. She comes in, helps you out with whatever you want to do. And then 
you do it and you're successful. And I don't like that. I didn't like it. And I knew, but again, she's a film convention and that's unfortunate. Um, I don't think the high five got really a lot of, I mean, I didn't even know they were called the high five until I just, Oh, that's why he's calling them that. Right. Out there, was, of there wasn't a lot of attention put to that. Compared None. To and I was like, okay, that's, that's not. And then we don't really know the mechanics of this, this machine that people are running on. I don't know what that means. I mean, are you talking about that treadmill that went in all those yes. different directions? Omnidirectional yes. treadmill or something like yes. that? Yes. I don't know how that works because people are on the street playing this game and they're not running anywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's, but it, to me, that it was something that I took it as. It was like, that's the stuff that you win. You know what I mean? Everyone sort of starts off with nothing. And as you go through the oasis and you build up your points and you build up your fortune, those are the things that you can buy. For instance, the suit, when he was walking around, he bought the Zemeckis, the Zemeckis uh, cube and the uh, holy hand grenade. Those all went into his, like, you know how they, like, when they were battling, they would just, like, yes. pull up that little menu and they would pick a yes. weapon? That was probably one of the things, much like the suit, where it said, um, what did it say? Something like a real life pickup or something. Like, I can't remember how they put it, but it was like, you know, like when you buy something at like Best Buy and you got to go pick yes. it up at the store, it was like something mm-hmm. to that effect. Yeah. So maybe and that's. And I would think that until that dude was running all over the place, he dies and almost jumped out the window, but he was the whole time he's just at a chair at a meeting. So I was like, yeah. he could afford one. What are the mechanics? Do you have to have a treadmill or do you not? I don't get that. They, there was no explanation. And then Homeboy just had a seat. Mendelssohn right. just had a chair. Does he just think through his movements? I don't know. No well, one I think explains that's, the mechanics Again, I it. think that's it. That's when you're leveling up and you're doing all that bonus stuff. That's I think that's the idea is that, you know, the more you put into this game, which obviously IOI was putting a lot into this game. They did, but there was no. Then why not just have the workers sit there and chill? That's what I'm saying. I think that like if you're sitting and chilling as you're putting it, I think that that would be, you know, that's sort of like starting from the ground up right there. That's you're starting up. You don't have your omnidirectional. So treadmills are bottom. So treadmills are bottom. No, treadmills, I would say, would be like a level up. If you don't, if you're sitting in a chair, you don't have the treadmill. To me, that would seem like, you know, you would level up by getting the treadmill. So how, but the thing is for me, leveling up, like if I can just stand on the street and play, that's a super high level. Because I don't need a treadmill. That should be high level. But the people on the street were just chilling. And in the game, they're running around fighting. I was like, okay, then you don't need a treadmill. Or do you? They don't explain the mechanics. They're just like, just accept it. Move on. Next question. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm fine with that. But it would have been nice to know, okay, you can't just play this on the street. You have to be in your thing, locked in, playing. Unless you're a super rich person where you could just think it through. No, I'll the give mechan- you that. They really, yeah. they didn't really give any kind of explanation as to why some people had it and some didn't. Matter of fact, I think he was the only one that I saw that had it. Yeah, he's the one that had. And then everybody. The thing is, I wouldn't need it if I could just sit in a meeting and play. I don't need a big chair. Apparently, I just need the helmet and I'm good. But they don't explain that at all. Because if it's between a helmet and a massive seat, I'd be like, oh, I'm at the level where I just need a helmet and not play. Chilling. I'm like, okay, well, fine. We could put that aside. That's fine. But my two, like I said, my two main things was how they treated how they treated uh, the woman in this the um, uh, movie. Other than his the weirdness of his wife, of his ex being in that weird. 
I'll just keep her here until someone saves her. I didn't. That was weird. But those my those are really my only nitpick. The nitpicks because a lot of people have the nitpick of I've heard people like it's just nostalgia porn. I like nostalgia porn. That's fine. If you don't like that, I get it. I dig nostalgia porn, so it worked on me. Fine. Well, the only reason you like it is because that worked. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You want me to tell you I didn't like it? Would that make you feel better or whatever? That's what I liked. Fine. If you don't like it, that's okay. But I did have nitpicks. That's, you know. But overall, I would tell people to see this movie. If you like nostalgia, first of all, don't ever apologize for liking nostalgia. There's a reason we do. We miss things. We had a good, that means you had a good childhood. If you have nostalgia porn, that means you miss certain things of your childhood. That's okay. That means you liked the fun part of your childhood. Enjoy it. I loved the 80s. I totally loved the 80s. So why wouldn't I like this? And it's a shot across the bow saying, hey, if you can pick up all the Easter eggs, check them out. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. I'm like, oh, snap. This is amazing. It's going to, if you like nostalgia porn, it's going to work on you. Let it happen. You know, you're going to have issues with this movie for sure. For sure. This movie has problems. But overall, I think it's okay to detach yourself from the world for a while. And if you want to detach yourself from the world, then go see this movie. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I think people should see this movie. The world itself right now is bullcrap. The farther you can get with fantasy is the better. Yes, go, detach. We need an oasis right now. We really do. We need somewhere where it's like, I get out, I hear the red monster talking, and I'm like, okay, I'm going back in. I'm going to go back in. The orange monster is up on stage. I don't need to hear it. Click, click, I'm out. And I'm playing some random video game getting chased by King Kong. That would be amazing. I remember um, there was this thing when Avatar was out called like Avatar Depression. And what it was was because that world didn't exist and people knew it never would and they got depressed. That's how much people are like, I need a getaway. from. I find that odd. It is a strange thing. But a lot of times it's it's one of those things where uh, people, you know how you always think, there's certain people, I do it too, where they say, if this happened, then I'd feel great. If I had a this, I'd be happy. If I had a that, I'd be, it would be wonderful. Even the Oasis. If there was an Oasis, it would be great. No, it would be great until you're in the Oasis. Someone has something. You're like, well, if I had that thing in the Oasis, everything, it would just continue. (laughs) It would just be a never ending. But I get why people want the escape. And this is as close to an escape in the movie theaters you're going to get. Even A Quiet Place, you're going to go into a dreary horror movie and come out not necessarily feeling greater for the wear. I mean, you saw a horror movie in a horrific world right now. So this right now might be your best thing until the Avengers come. And even then, I have a feeling you might come out feeling a little bit sad. Yeah. (laughs) I have a feeling you might come out. So if you want to feel good and turn off your, not even turn off your brain, switch on nostalgia. If you want to turn on a movie here, that's the movie. Enjoy yourself. They Go open with Jump. One. They close with You Make My Dreams by Hollow Notes. That's all I yes. needed, man. That's all I needed. And they close with a, and again, people, okay, the love story here, I think we could both agree was horrific. However, even 
my nitpicks that would destroy a movie normally. Those things did not make me not want to go see it. I totally get like I've heard people say that it's very broy. It is. It's a very broy movie where there's only one way to nerd, and if you don't nerd this way, well, then you're not really. You're not really a nerd. Then explain yeah, that's what you mean a, by that because I'm not really following you. What you the first time I didn't get it either. What do you mean that this movie is um, broy? What What happened was uh, like for instance when he was uh, Mendelssohn when Mendelssohn uh, when dude was quizzing uh, he was like kind of. Mendelssohn was showing him that he knew certain things. Well, yeah, but I think that that's was very intentional. I know, I think, but it's but dude was like, "You're not real." I know you have someone talking in your ear, as if that's the only barrier of entry. And being that this actually happened recently, where a lot of guys were saying these women aren't true people, true nerds, because they don't know these things. All that did is reinforce that thought. And I totally get the people that say that. They're like, there's more than one way to nerd. I don't need to know a bunch of these weird, random things that people know. I could be a nerd without knowing that stuff. But what this showed is, since he didn't know this stuff, he's not a real one of us. And I was like, yeah, that's broy. But even without the brodom, you don't need. I don't think that takes this movie down. But it's I would bro-y. have to disagree with you on that, only in the fact that I think that I totally see the like. Maybe it was just the way you said it, and maybe you'll correct yourself after I repeat this. But you say that this movie is broy. This movie is broy. Yes. I would take that as I would just strongly disagree with that. I would. I understand what you're saying about Mendelssohn's scene, Sorrento's scene when he's trying to like quote unquote relate, show him that he's that he's you know uh, up to you know that he gives a shit about pop culture and things like that. But I think that that was purposely put there to show exactly what a huge douchebag Sorrento actually was. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he wasn't buying it. Wade wasn't buying that bullshit. True, but that that was saying that I wasn't buying it. You're having someone talking to your ear proving that you're not who you say you are. Meaning if he didn't have someone talking to the ear, maybe he's real. But that's not the barrier of entry. It should have been totally different questions. Tab and all that stuff shouldn't even been in the thought process. It should have been like, look, this or this or this. Not no weird quiz. Oh, well, if you know these, you really are. Because that's the only reason he said you have people talking in your ear. Because that's the only thing you'd know these cool things. That's not cool. It is to you. But that's saying these are how you get into this little club. And it's not just that. It's that he's a normal everyday dude that goes and has the most awesome woman help him propel him into victory and then she falls in love with him after nothing. Why? Because he's just Wade. What? Why? Why? He's just that bro. It's a broy movie. I'm not. I'm not seeing that at I all. Get uh, I know, get I'm it. I get it. I just don't see it. But I'm not like like offended by what you're saying. I just don't see it at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally. I, I get think it. that it, I th- to call the whole movie broy to me doesn't seem accurate because it's it, you know in this movie and in the book. From what I understand, it's kind of like the entire world. So to me, it seems like Sorrento was the oddball out. It doesn't necessarily make him a bro or does it make the community, the world a bro. It put him as the odd man out trying to relate because he's, he just wants the he just wants the prize at the end. You know what I mean? He wants the prize. He wants the power. So he's doing whatever he can to make it seem like, oh, yeah, I'm just like you. But I just don't see, and it's fine, man. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't particularly see how that makes ever the movie broy. I I totally. I think. In but the, you are I entitled think, to your opinion, sir. Yes, I think in the culture we're in, it's a broy movie. 
Okay. Because oh yeah, especially like considering recent with the whole GamerGate, this just reinforces that these are how you become one of us. Well, she doesn't know this, so she's not one of us. He doesn't know this, so he's not one of us. And all it does is reinforce that thing where there's not another thing you can know and then be in this crew. No, you have to know these weird things, these Easter eggs. You should know these things. No, you shouldn't. You don't have to know any of that bull crap. But that still doesn't take this movie down to the point where I'm like, don't see it. I think, like I said, I think Spielberg, I haven't seen The Post. It might be incredible just like this movie. I don't know. But what I will say is, like you said, he's been on an interesting, um, I can't ever say anything bad about Spielberg. What do I say? He's been on a, um, I don't know, but he's back on his jazz. Not saying he was never off his jazz. I love Spielberg, but he's back in his bag for sure. In my I don't, opinion, I, it's the best work he's done in a very long time, but I have, have not you, seen The Post. Have you? That's what I'm saying. Like, but I haven't heard anything great about them. That's the other thing. <laughs> uh, right. And I hate saying it because he's so amazing at what he does. I uh, something tells Crystal. me he's not going to be offended if you say that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to really even reach him, Steve. So say what you want. I think we will because we're dope like that. But no, I haven't seen Crystal Skull either. Yeah, that was horrible. I, was, I was it just really? Movie. It was really bad. Yeah. It was even partly in Fresno. That's the only reason I wanted to see it. Yeah, that was kind of cool, but no, that was a swing and a miss, big time. Was it though? Oh, I thought was so. it? What was about it if I I never <laughs> I know? What about if I never saw? A, 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 okay, I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> I've never seen an Indiana Jones. I'm not surprised in the slight. I am not surprised in the least. Really? Yeah, because we've been doing a show together for the last like six months, and there's been many times where you're like. Like we had completely different childhoods, you know what I mean? So I, there's lots of things that we don't, it's kind of, and I actually think that's what makes for a better show for us. And that's, that's, that's kind of our dynamics because we come from two different backgrounds. That's true. You know, there was, but yes. I absorbed all of that as a kid. All Interesting. Of there were summers where I, you know, when I moved to, when I moved to a new neighborhood, I had no friends and the, you know, it was like my sister and the television and the movie theater were like, that was our life. You know what I mean? For Oh, interesting. So I just absorbed all of that stuff. You know, I, I all of that's really dear to my heart. The first time I ever went to a movie with a girl was the Goonies. You know what I mean? Those little things stick stick with me, you know? And maybe that's why I have this fondness for Spielberg, outside of him just being an outstanding filmmaker. He's incredible. I mean, I love Hook. Hook, I still watch it and be like, how do people not like this movie? Another date movie I went on. I did not like Hook. Really? I yeah. think it's such a great movie. I didn't care for it. But, but you know I, what? I, I saw it when I was... Li- oh, dude. Because it means something. At 12 years old, it was just such a... I think I was about 12. It was like, oh my gosh. It was... I was in... Just like Dick Tracy. It's not Spielberg. But Another Dick, Tra- Dick Tracy's a... <laughs> Are you serious? That was the first movie I ever went to uh, with Gail. That was our first date. Dick Tracy. That was such a good movie. But I could see how people could see it now and be like, dude... That is cornball.com. We didn't like that movie. You did? What? I would have put that on a classic one for our new upcoming segment. Well, then we can definitely do that because it doesn't no, change No, because now I know. Now I know you don't think it's a classic. You, maybe I thought I, Dick I Tracy was a terrible one. movie. I really did. I just did not like that movie at all. I liked Madonna. That's when I had a thing for Madonna, too. I had a thing for Madonna, but I didn't. Madonna couldn't save that movie. It was foul. But again, just Dan's opinion. Pacino, you know? 
Gosh, yeah. he was good in that movie. We're being bugged. We're being bugged. Come on, G. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> in my and so in that time, there's certain. It's funny because in each of our childhoods, Spielberg had a thing. He didn't not ever have a thing in a decade. Has he? He's always had one. Every decade. I'm sure of it, but I just can't, you know. But then again, AI, I don't IMDb, know. But. I don't know if AI, was that his only, that wasn't his only movie in that decade. That's the AI, one that popped into my head when you said that. Because 2000 to 2010, he had to have something other than AI. Minority movie, Report? That is an amazing movie. See, so he always has amazing, and I think this is going to be his one for this decade, between 2010 and 2020. So far, I would have to agree with you 100%. Yeah, he can't do any wrong. So here's what I'm giving. um, Here's my thing for you listeners uh, that are still here. I would recommend, because if you're here, either you don't care about it, spoilers, or you don't care about spoilers, or uh, you've already seen it. I would say see it again. Um... Because Dan says there's a lot of Easter eggs that you might miss after the first try. I think it's totally worth a second watch. Um, I like the movie, and I would recommend other people seeing it. What do you say, Dan? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now that, like I said before, (laughs) my opinion has not changed from the start of of this podcast till now. Okay, let me say this right now, first of all. I... Loved Black Panther. Okay, I loved mm-hmm. it. I, I thought it was just an amazing movie and probably one of the best Marvel movies that have come out so far. I loved it. I saw it twice. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie. However, it did not give me the feeling, and you're probably right, Steve. It probably is a nostalgia porn. I, I will give you that. But I haven't come out of a movie feeling like a child in a very, very long time. And this movie did it for me. I think it effectively brought me back to a time and brought many people back to a time where, you know, again, the nostalgia just was the, I think that was the magic ingredient. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I love this movie. I don't see that changing. I look forward to seeing it again. I'm probably going to watch this movie two, three more times guaranteed. And I will definitely see it again in IMAX. I recommend obviously that you go see it. Wouldn't that be weird if I'm like, so don't go see this movie. Cause it, uh, <laughs> I don't think you'll like That's it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, if you haven't guessed, I have nothing but good things to say about this. It's not a perfect movie. By any means, Steve makes some valid points, but it's not enough for me to, it doesn't, even though the points are valid, it's something that I just completely, it was like, it was like oil and water. It just sort of rolled right off and it it didn't really take me out of it. The only time that I was taken out of the movie was with TJ Miller's voice. And that's simply it. Now, some of you may not share my opinion and that's perfectly cool because that's what makes the world go around. But to me, if you're going to go see a movie and you want to have that good family environment, something that you want to take your family to, this is a perfect family movie, guys. It's perfect to me. And I highly, highly recommend you check it out several times. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, like Easter eggs, if you haven't seen this yet and you were brave enough to go ahead and venture this, even though we didn't spoil it as much as we could have and we didn't do a true breakdown, if you're here and you haven't seen the movie yet, don't accept this as the, you know, the, fin- the finality of it. Go see it and just... I think that if you're if you've been into any form of pop culture over the last 30 years or even if you're just a pop culture fanatic now there's going to be something for everyone in this movie. I don't think that there's anyone out there that's going to be like that was just a terrible movie. It was horrible and I it's unwatchable. I've read some of those things on IMDb reviews, but I think those people are trolls and I it, and maybe they just have strong opinions, you know, I don't know. But from this standpoint, um like I said earlier when I first came out I gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9 out of 10 and say that this is one of the best movies that I've seen in a very long time just for the fun of it. 
It's just such a fun movie. It's uh, it's a classic to me. I know this movie will be a classic. And uh, I think Steve's right. I think this is this is Steven Spielberg's classic for this decade. So go see this movie. Spend the money. Uh, when it does come out on video, you are not going to get the same effect watching this in your house as you would to go into a theater, a darkened theater with the smell of popcorn and people around you enjoying this. There's something to be said about this. This is an experience. And uh, check it out. That's my final word. Dope. And for me, it's still Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> anyway, everybody, let me ask you something. I got a question. I'm going to shoot it out to you. What is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie and why? And let me make it even more to the point. What is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie that everyone hates that you love and why? Please email us at theheroesofnoise.com. Let us know or tweet us. You can even tweet us. But I'm really interested because I, I love Hook. And all of a sudden, Dan is kind of offending me right now. But I love him <laughs> anyway. So anyway, this is the 23rd episode. And these are the last words coming out of my mouth. But I have good news because Dan, as normal, gets the last word. And you get to go to bed with those sultry tones of Dan. Isn't he creepy? Isn't he, though? He is a little bit creepy, right? Just a little bit? That's okay. I know he means well, and I love the guy. Um, hey, just for clarity, okay? Yes, you can go to heroesofnoise.com, and you can find our e- the link to email there. But if you want to just like hit it from your phone or something like that, it is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. It's a great question. I would like to know, too. What was your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? What movie did you love by Steven Spielberg that everyone hated? I want to know, and I know Steve wants to know, because it was his idea to give the fucking question in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 23 of the Heroes of Noise. We did want to give this podcast, this particular one, like just total time to this movie because there's so much to talk about. And we still haven't talked about everything. Uh, That's it. I'm done running my mouth. Uh, It's time for us to go. I just want to wish you guys the best. We will see you next week. I'm Dan Ramirez. You've been listening to Heroes of Noise. Peace. Heroes of Noise UK branch. Affiliation. <laughs> we've just been to see Ready Player One. And we've just driven back half an hour from the cinema. And we haven't discussed it. Um, we'd say we saved, kept our powder dry until we got back here. Indeed, indeed. So um, a bit of... Uh, this is the second time you've watched it, isn't it? Well, the day before yesterday, I went with your son yep. and watched it, and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've read the book, but this is the first, a mix, not, you, you haven't read the book. I've ordered you? the book, which I'm going to be reading when it arrives from uh, Amazon next yeah. week. Yeah, and this was my first time watching it. So, um... Well, first off, the screen that we saw it on is brand new. 
Oh yeah, brand new cinema. It's the same size as the Leicester Square one. This got this Victoria. One of the people that works there told me it's rather nice actually. It was lovely, yeah. I spent ten minutes yapping to her while Johnny waited in the foyer for me. Uh, And it's uh, stadium seating, and uh, none of the flip seats. And so it was. We had centre seats. Yeah. H row. Really, really, really yeah, good right, seats. Bang in the middle of the screen. Bang in the middle. 2D we saw it in. Yeah. Yeah. I will be going back to Nottingham at some point and watching an IMAX. Yeah. Because there's an IMAX where I live. I don't have that option down here, fortunately. The nearest one's London, which is about 70 miles away. And that's one of the only benefits of being in Nottingham. is like everything that's in central London is actually <clears> located in central Nottingham. Yeah. So it's not too bad. But then I have to live in Nottingham as well, which is yeah. far away from my family. But I'm down here for a month. As you well know, boys, my birthday's soon. And for my birthday weekend, John, his son and I will be going to see the Mighty Avengers movie. Infinity War. Oh, God. But we'll get but to yeah. that another day. So anyway, we're going to discuss <clears throat> what we've just seen. John, yeah. take the lead. Tell me what you thought. What I thought. I really enjoyed it. Now, as a, I'd read the book. Um, it does... It changes... The details, the, the the general thrust of the story is the same. Um, it's just the the kind of uh, plot details that are changed a little bit, and I think it was a good move to do that. The book's great; it's a fantastic book. Um, it, I literally, it was like a book on anti gravity. I couldn't put it down. I'm here all week. Try the fish. We'll do um, this spoiler-free, so anybody... Who yeah, spoiler-free, yeah, totally spoiler-free. Um, unlike my last appearance on the show. <laughs> no, but that was really that. cool. I really I just kept that. blabbing stuff out. But, no, um, that was great. Anyway, um, yeah, the the book goes into a lot more detail about 80s trivia and 80s games and music and all that kind of stuff. But I think, again, with the book, you, you've got the luxury to do that. You can get into these details and get really... It's, like, super geeky, the book. I mean, there's lots of references in the like film. Like us. <laughs> yeah. Just like us. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's loads of references in the movie, obviously. I mean, I can't wait to, to, to be able to pause it, you know, because I, 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 there's so much going on in the background that you're thinking... Oh, you want to try and see all the different characters and all the different. Well, that was a bonus for me today because I could see yeah. stuff in the and some of the graffiti and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you I was can... wowing every time I, I I saw something. I looked around to see to have a look at John, the Buckster, and he just had from the in, beginning of the movie to the very end, he just had a f- massive grin on his face. Yeah, it really is a splendid visual feast. It and is. if yeah. you're into your games. And if you listen to this, you are going to be, and you're into your comics and your pop culture, which is what this whole thing's about. It's brilliant. Some scenes, the bedroom, look like my brother's bedroom in the 80s. My three brothers. All the stuff that's there, I remembered it all. And then there was stuff. The first note of the... I'm not going to tell you what song it is. It's instantly recognisable. There was a slight rumble cheer. There was only about 10 people in the audience when we yeah. saw it. Yeah. I like to, I prefer that rather than people sitting there kicking, coughing, and yeah. rustling about. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give that, I said it was 10 out of 10. Victoria, one of the ladies that works at the um, 
Silly World where we saw it, said, wasn't it 11? And she was right, it's 11 out of 10. And as Dan said, it shouldn't be that good. It is <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, it was. It was great. I, 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 although I don't know if I'd go as high as that. I just like. I just liked it because I, it reminded me of the eighties, and I'm yeah. in the eighties vibe at the moment. Yeah, I think. I think possibly if I hadn't, I'm not really into comparing books and films as as I mentioned before. Um, but I think having read the book, probably took a little bit away from me getting caught up in the story so much of the film yeah, because I kind of like it was more like oh yeah there's that bit there's that bit there's that bit I kind of knew what was going to happen to a certain degree um, so it was interesting for me the interest was in the, uh, the, the where they changed it from the book um, but I think come you know with as far as the detail and all that background scenery the film was as detailed visually as the book is detailed reference wise do you know what I mean? The references are all there, but they're visual, and you've got to try and spot them. But Whereas the, in the book, it's obviously it's just written out, so it's clear what they're. The perfect to. nature, though, of the rendering of this movie. Oh, it was fantastically put together. So there's one beginning uh, at the beginning, one of the scenes there. It's a very long scene. Yeah. Brought gasps from yeah. people. Yeah. And there's one particular bit where I defy anybody <laughs> to say it isn't real. Yeah. Because there's one scene and you look down at the carpet. Yeah. And look down. If you've got a carpet now, people, yeah. look down at it. Because yeah. that is the detail. Yeah. That brought gas from my fellow provocateur over here. He yeah. gasped. Yeah. Because yeah. I just saw that and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Again, no spoilers. We're going to tell you about it. You need to see this movie because it's brilliant. It is, it is great. I mean, I me and Johnny will watch it. bad films and bad TV shows so that we've got the reference points that we <laughs> yeah. need because we're completists. Not always deliberately. But, but um, <laughs> you, have to wa- you have to watch everything. Yeah. And this is the second time in three days, I've, two days I've seen it. I shall be going back again on Tuesday. And um, it's so good. Yeah. And it's a very sexy film as well without being tacky. There are some very good moments in it. Yeah. You can nitpick tinier, tiny things. There is the Spielberg hand of sparkly magic in it. But that's part of the magic, but isn't that's it? That's part, part of, of it, yeah. And it's in the book as well, you know. He's referenced in the book all the time. I'm 53. Johnny Boy's in his 40s. So we've both got that. I've got the late 70s, early 80s references. Yeah. I was, te- I was a teenager from, in the 80s. And in the 80s, that was a teenager. And I was yeah, just, yeah. A little bit, just a little bit older than that. But yeah. it is very good because, in retrospect, a lot of the things that I didn't like about the 80s, yeah. I bloody well love now. <laughs> yeah. Because you realise what it means. Yeah. And, you know, you've got that, all that time to reflect on the storyline mm. of this movie. Because it is, you know... The thing is with Amblin films and Spielberg is he's always referencing the past and some of his movies are just so good. Just, just you know, incredible Yeah. in the way that he visualises. Also one about the monster on the train. 35 mil? No, that's the other. What's the one where he's... You made me see it. Monster? Oh, um... Oh, no, that wasn't him. That was... You're thinking of Super 8. Yeah, that's, that's not him. That was J.J. Abrahams. 
homage to Steven Spielberg. Oh, right. That's why I thought it was Steven Spielberg. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a producer on that <laughs> yeah. or something. I think he had. He might have been in the background. And there was but a hand, yeah, it, 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 hand of Spielberg. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, but I've been doing Abrams. all the all the Spielberg movies. I've been watching everything. Yeah, yeah. Even some of the uh, um, lesser known movies right. and miniseries that are on Prime, well UK Prime anyway. Yeah. I don't know what our American cousins are getting. <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, I love to film. I really enjoyed it. Um, we sat in comfortable seats, and everything was perfectly fine. I it was. Yeah. It was great. Looking forward to hearing what you guys thought. Got a pretty good idea what Dan thought, but it'd be interesting to see what uh, you guys discuss. Dan. 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 <laughs> Catch you later, guys. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.